on, ladies and gentlemen. Happy Monday night. We are finally back on a Monday night schedule. This is episode 174 of Staggered Stance. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms and live on YouTube, usually on Monday nights. But here we are presented by Disc Golf 978. I want to give them an awesome shout out. Use the promo code WELOVE978. That'll get you 5% at checkout from what you purchase on their online store. And what you see on the online store is what you're ordering. That is what you are going to get. And one of the best things about it, they have the lowest prices in the disc golf market that disc manufacturers allow. So just another incredible reason to go shop over at disc golf 978. One more time. We love 978. That'll get you 5% off. They have tons of awesome things. Keep a look at the lower third banner throughout the show. You will see some awesome things that disc golf 978 also has for everybody, but we are not joined by Matt currently. He is joining the show in a little bit. Usually it's the one that I'm I'm the one that's usually late. This week it is Matt that's going to be late. But I have my awesome cast, Evan Kearns with Stat Mando, Josh Graham, and intern Ben. We can always call him intern Ben, who's hosting a massive Northeast Disc Golf Expo. We are going to talk about that a little bit later. But here we are, episode hey. 174. We're slowly creeping out of the off season, which is just insanely exciting. It's exciting for me because... The course that I'm working on, that is the kickoff for the 2024 season in the All-Star event, and then also for the Chess.com Invitational. We're super excited to have everyone over at Olympus, but just want to bring it around to the table now. Guys, how are we doing on this awesome Monday night? Doing good. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Uh, episode 174, what for me, it's like episode four, something like that. So, you know, uh, knocking the, the rust off. Although I think oh, yeah. like Ben, I forget, I don't remember. I'm not going to call you out on it, but I I've have been on the show before. Right. So it was quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. So it's not technically episode four. Yeah. But... Yeah. You were on fact, the first show I was ever part of like sitting and watching Matt and you guys do that. Josh was on it. And, uh, I don't think there was any Evan. There was Evan, but like not for that episode. So I think Josh replaced Evan for that exact episode. So hey, I remember point. we don't we don't yeah we don't have to go down reminisce channel. We're gonna get to the real <laughs> topics. But I remember hanging out uh, before the show, maybe in Matt's basement, and him like texting with some guy he knows who's like doing stats, etc. And then like I had a question before a show. And, I'm, and he's like, oh, I'll just call him real quick. And he calls and, uh, you know, come to find out later it was Evan. So isn't it funny how all this stuff works out? And all works out. Here we are years later talking. Thanks to Nick and Matt for really jumping, jumping on it in the beginning. We, we are trying our best since the year of COVID. We've been going strong for the most part. So I know uh, one of the biggest things, we've had some awesome events happening the last couple of weeks, but mainly there was, I think, three big events that Evan we're going to let you take the floor now and go ahead and talk to us about the PDJ events. Certainly. Well, we have about a month until the Pro Tour season starts off, but that uh, that doesn't mean that there's not uh, interesting events happening in the meantime. Uh, probably the most notable one is an ATR out in Arizona be called the Shelly Sharp Memorial. Uh, it's played at the Vista Del Camino course, which is one of the two courses uh, that is hosted at the Memorial Tournament uh, in a couple months uh, that is uh, pretty well known used to be the uh, kickoff to the uh, tour season, whether the pro tour or the national tour uh, fairly iconic course. Um, so we saw three rounds at Vista del Camino <clears throat> in FPO. We saw own Scoggins uh, win. Uh, that's her uh, eighth Arizona win in our last 11 events across all divisions. Um, and I believe it is her second time winning the Shelly Sharp Memorial. Uh, she shot a 986 uh, unofficial event rating and beat Jen Allen by two strokes. Uh, it was a two horse race between those two, of course, other women in the division. Um, 
but Jen Allen uh, now has seven straight first or second place finishes uh, at the Shelley Sharp Memorial. Uh, she certainly uh, does well down in Arizona, but wasn't able to beat Owen Scoggins this time. Uh, in third place, I want to mention uh, Emily Yale. I, I said it was a two-horse race. Emily uh, Yale uh, then was eight strokes clear of fourth place. Um and she is uh, a member of the stat matter community and does a lot of cool stat research uh, and uh, is also a pretty darn good player herself. She won the 2022 U.S. Women's in FA1. Uh, and here she is coming in third place, getting some lead card appearances with Owen Scoggins and Jennifer Allen. Uh, in MPO, we saw uh, newly signed to DGA, Parker Welk, uh, gets a playoff win over Anthony Barella. Uh Parker Welk goes with a 1050 unofficial event rating. Uh, that's the second highest of his career, uh, assuming that the 1050 holds. It is, of course, unofficial as the as of the time being. Uh, his best career event rating uh, was 2023 DDO, as I said, at a 1056. That was his uh, uh, big uh, coming out uh, win on the Pro Tour. Uh, Parker Welk uh, has played a few off-season events. Uh, his most recent one was back in December of 2023, since we're in the new year now, uh, called the Big Arm Challenge 4, which was also at the Vista del Camino course. So now he has back-to-back wins in events he's played at Vista. Uh, he won $1,455 as prize cash for coming to first place, which is the fourth highest of his career. Uh, at just this eight tier, uh, behind, of course, DDO, uh, the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship that uh, he got into thanks to that DDO win. And then also the Hollows Fall Classic, um, which is in my state of New Hampshire, is his third best prize cash. <laughs> uh, that was his first eight tier win of his uh, career. He, he won an eight tier after he won a uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour Elite Series event. Uh, and now he has won his second eight tier event at Shelly Sharp. Uh, I wanted to note, I mean, people are going to question, you know, Vista del Camino, how hard is it? Um, Well, Parker Welk had 9.67 birdies or better uh, per round here. And if we compare that just to tour events, uh, it would have been the second best of his, uh, you know, major and pro tour career, Uh, but still considerably behind DDL where he had 11.33 birdies or better per round. Uh, so interesting there, lots of Eagles. Um, I know Scoggins had a few Eagles. I, I didn't check through Parker Welk's scorecard, but, uh, he definitely had plenty of birdies, uh, in second place, Anthony Brella, who was the loser in the playoff. Unfortunately, uh, he won Shelly Sharp Memorial, uh, back in 2022, just two years ago and also in 2019. Uh, and then he has won it a third time in MA one all the way back in 2013. Uh, he was contending early with Drew Gibson, who ultimately finished in third place, uh, six strokes behind the uh, first and second place, uh, Parker Welk and Anthony Barella. This was Drew Gibson's first event back uh, since coming back from injury. He last played in July of last year where he played the Preserve Championship, but unfortunately DNF'd. Uh, he missed cash at his last three of his last four of events uh, before taking this injury break. Uh, so now he is back and uh, looking fairly good, getting a podium finish out in Arizona. Other notable names uh, jumped down to tied for ninth place. We saw Aaron Gossage and Andrew Marweed, unfortunately, DNF'd after seven holes. Uh, any thoughts from from uh, the panel here about uh, Arizona events before I swing it over to Asia? Well, Arizona kind of has a little bit of a history of right early season, uh, you know, tour disc golf um, with the Memorial. Right, and plenty of other events, you know, over the years in that area. Obviously, nice weather. It draws people. Um, 
it's still right preseason, if you want to call it that. And if we compare it to other sports, how much does preseason matter? Well, I think right, the actual wins themselves, other than getting cash in pocket for some of these players, right, they don't they don't mean much. However, I think it's always fun and exciting. One, we've been chomping at the bit, right, to start seeing competitive disc golf. So it's exciting for us. Um, we get to see who has early season cobwebs and who doesn't. I think we, it appears in disc golf, momentum seems to be a thing. And so although the wins themselves will probably fade from memory, um, for the players, it will stick right in their mindset. And if they can jump on it and use that momentum and right out of the gate, um, you know, you never know how that'll kind of carry forward for them. Um, I mean, Owen Scoggin, right. What'd you say? 986 rating. That's probably, I don't, I forget her actual average, but that's gotta be close to it. But, um, you know, so is she going to pick up right where she left off? It would be exciting to kind of see. Um, it's quite amazing what she did last year. Um, it's great to see her picking up right where she left off, I think. Yeah, I think that's one of the huge things was kind of Owen Scoggins was um, just playing incredible out in Arizona where, you know, it's one of those courses, again, where it's not really suited to her game. They're a little bit longer holes. They're not, I mean, it's a wide open course where she probably heavily relied on the forehand of hers the kind of chop forehand that she's found to be so consistent and she's just an incredible putter all around so uh awesome to her to pick up the win and then i am super excited to keep seeing parker welk um kind of keep rising after the ddo it was one of those big things where hey was it a fluke is that gonna ever happen again for parker but then he's come back and he's you know won a couple a tiers now he's competed at events and he's done well at those events and then he also had a pretty major injury uh, middle of the year last year at the Ledstone Insurance Open, I think he twisted his ankle pretty bad um, to where he was only throwing forehands and I think standstill forehands for a little while. So change of sponsorship is always fun to see out of players, kind of see how they're getting along with the discs. And then to come out early on in the season, compete against players who play that event over and over and over and to come out and win it is a pretty cool storyline nonetheless. So excited to watch him go out on the tour this year. And then, you know, AB's my boy. I love watching him play. I was, you know, bummed he didn't get the win. But I, I think this is the year that AB does get one of those big wins out on the tour. So I'm also excited for that. I, I like the point that you made about Owen Scoggins. I mean, this course, uh, I mean, doesn't have a ton of trees, but it does have a ton of OB. Uh, so it allows her to really like use the width of the fairway and then some. Uh, she can throw that uh, forehand as much OB as she wants as long as it lands in bounds, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, she can use a lot of the land uh, and she's very good at, landing safe um I, she, she was picking up a handful of uh, birdies on par threes if you uh remember that stat back at deglo where she didn't birdie a single par three uh on her way to her first elite win uh but she was certainly getting birdies everywhere out in arizona uh i will swing it over now to asia um i don't think many people knew that this event was happening this weekend i uh honestly did not until i was just looking through the uh, different scorecards and came across the asia open and wanted to look it out and there were some good names here i mean the 2020 version of the asia open which i believe was the last time uh this asia open occurred uh, happening historically every two to four years but if anyone does know more about the asia open uh feel free to share with me because i want to learn a little bit more about this uh, kind of recurring event but the 2020 version which was held just before uh kind of covid19 rocked the world uh jackie chen beat nate perkins philo brathwaite james conrad and manabu kajiyama it was that event that we're like holy moly, who is this Jackie Chen guy? And how did he beat these known, uh, very good players? Uh, and here we are four years later with Jackie Chen in the field, along with Manabu Kajiyama and Philo Brathwaite. 
Meribu Kajiyama uh, comes home with the win. He he shot uh, 56 under par through 63 holes. Uh, so that is pretty good. Uh, <laughs> he uh, won the Asia Open uh, back in 2017 and 2015 prior. Uh, and he's also won the Asia Championship, which uh, looks to be a different event. That one is held in Japan um, each time it occurs. Uh, and he won that back in 2022, 2019, and 2004. Uh, he's been playing uh, at this top level for a while. Uh, if you remember, Manabu Kajiyama came over to the U.S. and played three events in uh, the late part of 2023. Uh, and his best finish was 14th at the uh, AFDO, the silver event out in Rochester, New York. Um, <clears throat> excuse me there. Uh, Jackie Chen finished in second place, uh, and he was three strokes behind uh, Manabu Kajiyama. But I think the most notable thing was in round one, he shot an 18 under par, having 16 birdies, two eagles, and two pars. It was unofficially rated a 1063 uh, rated round. Uh, certainly, we're going to talk about how uh, how well this course was suited for maybe an MPO field, but going 18 down uh, is an incredible feat regardless. Uh, as far as I could see, he was the reigning champ of the Asia Open, as I mentioned, that 2020 version that he won. Uh, and Jackie Chen, remember, came to the U.S. in early 2023 uh, and placed as good as seventh at the La Mirada Open, which I believe was an eight tier uh, out in California. In third place, Philo Brathwaite uh, heads over to Asia yet again. He plays lots of events uh, out there. Uh, it's his 12th uh, PDGA event in the continent of Asia. Uh, from that, he has eight wins and 11 podiums, and this was one of those podiums. Uh, this event had a final nine uh, with five players making the lead card to the final nine. Uh, they played nine holes. All of them finished nine down or better. Uh, and I'll uh, talk about fourth place, Kyle Krikaus, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, out of Hong Kong, was 12 down through nine holes with four birdies, four eagles, and just one par. Uh, and then would at least like to say the FPO winner was Chia Feng Chen, who uh, won 32 under par. She won by 19 strokes. That's her third career PDGA win, uh, second at the Asia Open, with her first ever PDGA win being the 2011 version of this event. Lots of new things out in Asia. Um, what do you guys think of that? Oh, I mean, when you talk about 18 down at any course, it's, you know, pretty incredible. It just in general. Now, I don't want to call it the perfect round because it wasn't. There was two pars mixed into it. I don't think we've had technically a perfect round. And everyone's definition on what a perfect round is varies from person to person. But yeah, throwing those two back-to-back -back pars in there. And then two eagles picking up the other round. I mean, incredible round nonetheless. 1063 rated, I think you said unofficially. Um, awesome event by him. I know when Jackie had come over to the US the last time, it was kind of we were all... I think really anticipating some high-low performance inside of him, but you also got to remember that it's his first time over here. He's playing all these events. They're brand new to him. So maybe, you know, if he tries it again, comes back over, then maybe he'll have a little bit more success than the last time. But Manabu just proving how he's, you know, still a baller. And Manabu is one of the same, you know, same things. Had such a high rating out, you know, overseas. Highest rated player in the world for a little while. And then comes over to the U.S. and, you know, doesn't do as well, but... You have to take in all the factors of travel and everything like that to where, yeah, it does make it a little bit more of an issue, but we'll see. And then uh shout out to Philo going over there once again, getting the podium finish. And uh, I mean, my one of my goals in disc golf was always to go over and play the Japan Open. So if that ever happens again, and I am going to have the opportunity to do it. Then that's what I would love to do one day is go over and at least play the Japan Open. 
Now, the Japan Open was actually, it was back on the schedule, right, for a period of time, and then mm-hmm. it got taken off the schedule. It was the details. It, it was an uns- and then they unsanctioned, unsanctioned last yeah. year with got Jeremy it. Cullen winning it in NPO, or I think yep. maybe it was single division. I forget exactly how it went down. Uh, but this event uh, just notably was in Taiwan, uh, yep. although both East Asia, um, but Japan is the one that was hosting the Asia Championships. So Got again, it. not sure how those events link. They seem to be held on different years. So maybe uh, there's some sort of organization out there that coordinates it, or they just generally plan different years to play different events. Yeah. Uh, before moving on from Asia, I want to at least uh, uh, share one name uh, that unfortunately had to DNF. Uh, but if you guys remember the basketball player, Jeremy Lin, there's someone with the same name. I'm assuming it's a different player, <laughs> awesome. a different person. Lots of people have uh, the same names. Uh, especially a name like that out in Taiwan. So I just wanted to go down memory lane back in, what was that, 2011 or something when Lin City hit the Knicks. Uh, That was certainly exciting times. But on the very slight chance that this is the same Jeremy Lin, (laughs) that is so cool. Uh, And I'm glad he's found disc golf. But otherwise, uh, if this is a different Jeremy Lin, which is more likely, uh, very cool for him also. Shout out to you for finding disc golf as well. It is more likely. More likely, his PDAG number is 276910, so it is very, very new. Very new. Uh, so he is new to the organization. Yeah. Uh, so that is cool to see either way. Yeah. Uh, so shout out to Jeremy Lin. Uh, but I would bring it over to the Southwest Florida uh, Open, the 23rd annual uh, Southwest Florida Open out in North Fort Myers. Uh, this event only had an MPO field. Albert Tom wins it going even par. Uh, yes, he wins going even par. Not a single player finished under par uh, in MPO, uh, at least for this uh, layout. Uh, Albert Tom was the only player to finish any round under par, where he finished rounds two and three under par. Uh, no one else uh, finished under par for the through the throughout the entire event. Luke Sampson was leading into the final round. Uh, he ends up losing, unfortunately, by four strokes to Albert Tom. Tom. Uh, uh, expands his uh, winning in Florida to now 100% win rate from three events. Uh, he notably won the Open at Tallahassee, a silver event a couple years back. Uh, now he, he just won an event uh, earlier in 2024, wins this one. He has two more Florida events before, uh, I'm assuming he plays the Chess.com Invitational uh, later this month. So uh, we were talking before the show, Nick doesn't give high chances for Albert Tom to continue that streak, but... If he does and he wins three more uh, Florida events and keeps that 100% win rate, how incredible would that be, especially winning the Chess.com Invitational to start the year? Huge. Uh, also going down the leaderboard at this event, uh, Maria Oliva was uh, playing in MPO. Like I said, there wasn't an FPO field, whether she moved up just to play MPO or that was her intention all along. Uh, she finished tied for seventh uh, out of 13 players. Uh, so congrats to her uh, playing above her rating uh, and getting a what I assume she uh, considers a great finish. And then speaking of people with uh, similar names to famous people, Jimmy Carter finishes sixth place. Although I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm pretty certain that's a uh, that's a different Jimmy Carter. But how, I at least wanted to mention it because that's <laughs> I I would I would put money on it. I would right. maybe I don't know. I I'm pretty likely. Uh, I wouldn't pretty mind certain. though if you add to your reviews, yes, just random players from any <laughs> tier event each week that matches a famous name. That'll be a fun bit. There you go. Yes, yeah, certainly. Like 
Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to do more who's, of that because that's certainly fun. Yeah. Who's the most famous name in disc golf playing, whether it's actually the famous person or not? Yeah, yeah across any tier, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Just pull out a name. There's, there's got to be some like Michael Jordan. That's what I'm or, saying. Uh, like it'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, kind of like that. I mean, like a Tiger Woods might be a little bit more improbable, but I would say so. Uh, <laughs> what are the chances if we saw Tiger Woods playing PDGA events? Uh, that would be pretty incredible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I heard Tiger Woods is going to be at the Expo this weekend, but we'll see. Whoa, <laughs> Josh, that was disclosed information. Yeah, Tiger Woods we'll is the GOAT of golf, and the GOAT of disc golf will be at the Expo, Paul McBeth. So I guess that's your that's that's your analogy. Whoa, whoa, All the whoa. more reason All to right. go to the Northeast Disc Golf Expo. As if we didn't have enough reasons. Yep. And Nick Carl and Nick Carl's cousin will be there, and that's all that matters. All right. Nice. And that's this weekend, Ben. I know. Right? Yeah, that's why I'm kind of not talking because my brain is going everywhere and thinking, and I'm a little nervous but also very excited. So, yeah, bear with me this show um, because I have a lot on my plate and um, got a lot a lot of thoughts going in my head. I'm pretty yeah. sure regular listeners and viewers of the show, though, that's their favorite version of Ben. You got a lot going on in your head. It's like... <laughs> Let I don't it, talk. Like, roll. No, I'm just, just kidding. Let, no, no, no. Just let it roll. Yeah, exactly. So I'm excited, though. I'm excited to be here. Evan, do you have anything else on the Florida tournaments? That does it for my recap. Uh, certainly lots more events that I could talk about. Um, so if uh, you're interested in more events, go check them out and see what you can find. But that's all I have for right now. Cool. Well, we had something funny kind of ironically happened last week yes. on the show. We had the new executive director of the PDGA, Doug Bierkos, on the show to kind of talk about what his new role with the PDGA is. He went from being the president to, I think, right, the president, into the executive director. He took Joe Shargloff's job as Joe retired from the PDGA. His daughter is Paige Bierkos, known as Paige Shoe now. She married Grady Shoe. Back in 2018, she won the World Championships up in Vermont, and Brixton Cards has come into the sport of disc golf and kind of created, you know, all the sports cards that we love to see the disc golfers with their names on and pictures and everything like that. Now, I am not a car card collector whatsoever, so I don't know grading. I don't know one of ones. I don't know 10 of 10s, anything like that, except, you know, there are more rare cards than other ones. But one of the questions that I had asked Doug was if he has collected all of Paige Shoe's one of one cards and Ben Kenny actually intern Ben yep. had one of them. And so we were able to, I pulled one. Yeah, that. I pulled it. Yeah. You, yep. You pulled it. So we were able to hook him up with that last year, actually in Vermont at the world championships, got some time to talk with him and figured out how to get that all set. Anyway. So I had asked him, he said there are two of them still out there and he was missing those two. Well, funny enough this morning, I get it tagged in Instagram and someone actually found in a gold packet, one of the one of one cards and it's actually being shipped currently to Doug Beer. Yeah, Doug Bierkis. Um, so that he'll have just one final one to try to find. But it was kind of cool. It was a listener of Staggered Stance. And uh we, you know, it was pretty ironic. We were kind of able to make that happen and help out Doug. So hopefully we'll all get free PDGA memberships this year. That'd be nice. <laughs> Doug, if you're listening, I could use one. So uh anyway, it's just kind of like some fun that we had with the show last week. And uh pretty cool to see the disc golf community getting together and Helping out Doug in that sense. It's got to be a pretty cool thing when your daughter, who's a world champion, you get all the one of one cards of her. It's, you know, got to be awesome. Yeah. Thank, yeah. Thanks to Brixton for creating cards that are fun to collect. Thanks to them for highlighting this story. Thanks to that listener. Like, I, I know his question, name. I'll, I'll sh sorry. Oh, I'll shout ahead. him out real quick. Jared Russell. Shout out Jared Russell. Um, Jared Russell. Thanks Appreciate for you. 
Go ahead, Josh. Sorry. Yeah, Jared. However that went down, if somebody like, you know, took care of you or whatever, it doesn't matter. That's awesome that you promoted that and got that over to Doug. Um, I want to know, like, were you just sitting on, because some people like to not open the cards, right? It's kind of a thing. But were you just sitting on that like gold pack? And then when we talked about it, you had to open it or was it coincidental timing? I'm curious. And Nick, you said you know nothing about collecting cards, but hopefully you know what one of one means, right? Like, yeah, I mean, one yeah, like one. I know there are rarer cards than other ones, but this this is like how you know noobish I am when it comes to all of it. When you buy a pack of bricks and cards, do you just randomly get one of those gold packs, or do you buy? It depends a gold what you pack? buy. No, it depends okay. what you buy. Like gotcha. I also received some gold cards when I bought full packs, etc. I'm sure gotcha. Brixton's in the chat; they can probably tell us everything. Yeah. But uh. Um, I, I have yeah, a buddy. Check it out. It's fun, have, right? Because like sometimes yeah. you know exactly what you're getting when you buy certain packs and certain deals, but then when you get the mystery aspect to it, it's a little bit like a, a you know a micro version of Christmas where you have no idea what's in the package. It's kind of gotcha. fun. Yeah, yeah. I had Yu-Gi-Oh like, cards back in the day. You know, used to duel people, ooh. but no, I don't think I had anything special. That's certainly cool, Nick. Thanks for sharing. No problem. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> Oh I was going to make a bad analogy about like disc golf mystery boxes and getting a gold thing, but that, it was just too obvious. So I'm not yeah. going to go down that route, but of, of course, just shared what I was thinking anyways. Mm-hmm. I got you. I know discs are very collectible in the sport of disc golf. You have discs that like I have a couple crystal Raptors that are one of 50. I don't have any one of one discs. I don't even know how many one of one discs are out in the world right now. But uh, Well, that was a good question. Obviously the most common type of one-on-one are like, misprints right because yeah. you literally get one-on-one yeah. or custom stamped prints but i you probably don't get a lot of like runs or molds that were intentionally it, one of it, one because that's kind of be, not very economical it would be more like uh the the reasoning like what's special about that disc i mean the most obvious one i can think of is the holy shot disc yes. uh, that's a one of one like even though i mean mvp uh i mean it wouldn't be one of ones it'd be you know the each iteration afterwards but there there certainly was a uh, what blue and yellow if i have the colors correctly yeah, green and yellow I think so. yeah, um, blue, and yellow. blue and yellow there certainly was uh an envy made in that color before the holy shot and that wasn't the first ever envy in those colors um, but it certainly has a um a special place and might be the most valuable disc in the world we don't know uh but there's there's certainly other ones i mean just like a winning putt you know just like it that was the putt that went in or, you know, something else was cool about a disc that would kind of make it more like a one-on-one. Uh, and that, and that's kind of what you see. Like I'm thinking of baseball, like certainly cards in baseball, you have one-on-ones, but then if you're like a fan and you catch a baseball, uh, getting like, you know, Albert Poole sitting home run number 700 is worth more than like a new batch of baseballs and getting the first uh, iteration of that baseball. So it kind of changes on the circumstances. Yeah, yeah, well, I think I think technically swirls can make a disc one of one, even though it's the same run. Oh, still different. So there you go. Yeah, I hope we go down a whole path and debate what one of one really. Or means. metal flake, yeah. metal everything. Metal flake is one of one. There's no way they have all the same metal flake in the same yeah, so that's areas. Where, I mean, that's, that's where one of one yeah. doesn't work out in that regard. I mean, like, <laughs> no. no. Uh, yeah. okay, if you want to go down that path, no, yeah. everything's a one on one in life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I know, we, we don't obviously have a, a you know a segment on uh, you know collecting today, but it really is. In, I mean, collecting in general, first of all, is interesting. I'm not a big collector, but I, disc golf seems to have a kind of interesting, weird spin on collecting. I mean, every sport has its like niche, but man, people go crazy for exclusive discs and 
buy them up and stash them in a box, yep. right? And decide what to do with it. And then the whole debate of like, do you want to get a special disc, but then make it a thrower, right? Go ahead and throw yep. it anyway. So I don't know. It's, it's an interesting discussion, but. I get a disc as a thrower and that's about it. I don't, I have a couple get or excuse me. I have a couple discs that were given to me as gifts. So like I have the blacked out Luna and fears from a Ledgestone St. Jude thing that was given to me by Paul and Hannah. Um, and you but don't for the most part, those. if I, if I get a disc, you know, from Discraft up at the factory or whatever, it could be the coolest disc in the world. And it might be, you know, worth something because it's got better swirls than another disc. But 99.9% of the time, if I get a disc, it's going to get thrown at least once or it's just in a pile of discs waiting to be thrown. Like, I think I have probably 70 to 80 nukes just sitting in a rack and probably 50 of them haven't even been touched yet. But they're just kind of, you know, wait until I lose another 49 of them and then the 50th one will get thrown. So Yeah, that's know, that's my we'll that's my problem. Just buying a bunch of one disc because I'm like, oh, I'm going to use them eventually. And then just never getting to them because I moved on. <laughs> well, that's how it works too. The more you have, the less you lose that disc. But if you only have one or two of a certain mold, you're absolutely going to lose that. And then yeah. you're straight out of luck. But if you buy 50, then you're golden and you never lose the disc ever. Exactly. It's always going to be there for you. So one of the things that I forgot to mention at the start of the show, but we have Ganon Burr coming on tonight. Yeah, we totally, we're just, just waiting for him. Totally Ganon forgot who? about it. We're just Ganon waiting who? for Ganon, Ganon right Burr. now. 7.30 was originally the time we were supposed to have him on, so we're waiting for him. We actually had <laughs> Ganon Burr on, what, about a month ago? Not even, maybe three weeks ago or something like that, before the big change from Prodigy to Discmania. We I had, don't think it was that soon. I think it was November, was it not? Was it November? Was it all well, the way like the back then that we had him and Matt on? I don't know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That was yeah, like November, December. Was it November? I don't know. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Time that's flies. That's, yeah. It was probably Time's December. Right no, it, Matt went to Iowa. Whenever that was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we exactly. can ask Matt when he hops back on. Because he'll <laughs> exactly. We're waiting for Matt. We're waiting for Gannon. Gannon. We're waiting for um, Matt. Waiting for Gannon. So we're just gonna keep casually talking about disc golf topics. And one of those things was, you know, maybe we'll finish the conversation later on, but. The tour this year in 2024 is starting in Florida. When it comes to the actual Disc Golf Pro Tour, we are starting with the All-Star event and the Chess.com Invitational back-to-back here in Brooksville, Florida. And I say here because I'm literally in Brooksville currently as we speak. Um, what are our thoughts on that? I mean, I've heard mixed reviews from pros. I've seen a lot of them say, hey, we're you know bummed that it's not starting in Arizona anymore or Vegas. And I think those are a lot of players that have had great success at those tournaments and then you also have a, peop- a lot of people that are out on the west coast that really enjoy them starting out there because it's an easier flight or an easier drive to get those events personally i'm very excited for the tour to be starting down in florida i think weather wise it's a better chance of having decent weather i've been to vegas a couple times in late february and it's either snowing out in the morning or it's 70 degrees of dry heat now i absolutely love 70 degrees of dry heat but you don't always get that out there so what are you guys' opinions on the tour starting out in Florida this year, brand new. I I, I can go. <laughs> I was just, Josh looked like he opened his mouth, but um, I I personally like it. I think it makes to me a, at least a little more sense to start at least in Florida, and then go over to Texas rather than go to the West Coast, then the middle, then back to the West. It's still not as I guess ergonomic, and but I think it. 
Is ergonomic well, not like, the right word? It might mean ac- economic, probably. Streamlined. I'm sure. I mean, like, it's not like streamlined. It's like you're still going down to Florida to Texas. It's not like in the same vicinity. <laughs> <laughs> Ergonomics got to be the word. Go you on. may be just right, Ben. No. We're just having a good time. You're Go making on. a good Go point. on. Ergonomics like that mouse that looks funky so it like fits your hand better. <laughs> right? It's like <laughs> the study of people's, the study of people's efficiency. efficiency in their working environment. Yeah. So, so okay. So so Ben has a point. So Ben, keep going. It is more ergonomic, I think. Yeah, it is. It's more ergonomic. Uh, less. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah. So I do like the idea of it starting in Florida. I'm excited for kind of like a different feel or vibe to the course. You know, we like Josh was stay, saying we start in Arizona and Las Vegas and all that. In the Goat Hill Challenge, all these are just open, kind of dry, golf-esque type of courses where that's what you kind of expect. Then you go to Vegas where it's open. I'm excited to kind of get into the woods right off the bat, and pretty much it's like woods, woods. I know Waco is going to be a four-day four elite series now with the woods and a golf course, but I don't know. I, I'm pretty excited about it to see the change-up, and I, I think it'll be a nice, a nice switch-up, and... I give props to the pro tour for making the decision. And I think it's really cool. Yeah. So, so Ben, let's, uh, let's bring Matt in with five up Yeah. and Nick while Matt. we transition. Yeah. While we transition, oh. uh, some people were asking in the chat, just give us the 30 seconds on how the course is looking. People are asking T pads, course okay. design. Yeah. Um, so the design of the course actually took a couple of the holes were redesigned. We added in two holes, kind of took out some other filler holes that were on the property before. Now I don't remember exactly what numbers, but this year the players are going to see a new hole five. They're going to see a brand new hole nine. Um, now we're also going to see new T pad locations on two. We're going to see a new T pad location on hole four and I could go on through the course, but the 32nd version is we installed the disc golf park turf T pads that are fully installed now. Um, I have all 36 sleeves for the course for the baskets installed. I am currently building the new baskets that we got and then also putting in the other 18 baskets that I currently have on the property as well. So those will be hitting the ground this week. That's on my list of things to do. And then a very, very cool thing. Uh, I planted grass about 10 days ago, trying to green up the course on some areas that we took down a lot of sawgrass and muddied up with the skid steer. I planted grass about 10 days ago and it is finally growing in. It's a beautiful, luscious green color. Um, so I'm super excited because I'm hoping that if I finish planting all the seed that I need to, then it's going to look very green for the tournament. So that's obviously super exciting for me. But yeah, so for the most part, we have turf tee pads going to the ground. There are many changes that are coming about in the course. Um, for the casual people that will be coming out, the casual member, lifetime members, or just the everyday pay-to-play people, um, my goal within the first few months of this property is to have a short tee pad, a short basket, a long tee pad, and a long basket. So you'll have the option to be able to play short to short, short to long, or long to short, long to long. And we're going to have all of those set up in the very, very near future. I'm excited about it, and I can't wait. I don't want to release an opening date yet because I'm waiting on one final thing to go through. And then I'll be able to kind of shout out what our opening date is. But I'm that one final thing is your first paycheck, right? Like you're like, once I get paid, <laughs> yeah, I'll open this thing up. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. no, I like how I teed that up and spoken yep. like a true course manager. So yeah, uh, yeah, you've got it all locked and loaded. But can you guys hear me? Yes, sir. I we think can hear we you, can, Matt. Welcome. Wow. Uh, we don't want to leave Gannon in the green room too long here, but I just nope. I've been running since this morning, Boston to Houston, and here we are. And I have to say this before I forget, Ben, I drove by a billboard on the way to this hotel that said 
the world's largest Kinsei Expo. And I was like, Ben, you got to get on that. There's an expo out what? there. They think they're the world's largest. You could probably do bigger, like the Quinceanera, you know? Yeah. So. I, I, I think... I. I think I saw something like that um, in my in my. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. In my searches recently, I saw that, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's pretty interesting. That you know, that's a huge thing. I guess down it's a big money stuff. market. Yeah. Disc golf, not so much. Okay, are we ready to bring Gannon in? Yeah, we are ready. Is Gannon right, ready? Let's that's do it. I'll, I'll bring him in if you don't mind. Absolutely. Welcome to the show, Gannon Burr. Bye, Evan. Is what? How how did we used to do it? <laughs> Ganon Burr. Oh, With the brand new disc. Whoa, this Ganon. guy looks like he's sponsored by Discmania. Holy cow. Disc, <laughs> shirts, the whole thing. So so welcome to the show, Ganon. It's the first time since you've been uh, away from Prodigy and now with Discmania. Um, how's it going? How's life? How is Urbandale? I won't give out the address, but how is it? <laughs> way up uh but um you know i don't know how good my chances are of really trying this out before the season starts unfortunately uh my dad does live in florida so i might like i said go down there uh oh. out for like with, a week chili with, with what money again and with what money are you going to florida on a flight yeah with the you know <laughs> your mom's paying for it no. yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, but yeah, cool. it'll be a lot warmer down there, so I'll be able to test some stuff out. I'll probably end up like shipping a box of stuff. Um, well, it's even harder because I've had a ton of nice people reach out to me, and I've traded, and I've people have sent me some free stuff too to, to like try out. And um, so, you know, I once when I thought I had my bag kind of set, it's just all out the window now because I have a bunch of new stuff to try out. Um, but um, yeah, I, I think it'll be. I think once I get my bag dialed in, I'll. I think my my ceiling would be a little bit higher because I'll have better fairway drivers and drivers specifically, okay. um, which is important off the tee. Yeah, that's I true. Mean, Stu, I was lucky enough to watch you throw Maple Hill a few rounds this year, and I know you're not happy with one of them, but man, yeah, you're pretty good and you're uh, professional. That's your answer lately, people. That was one of your pet peeves. I listened to one of your interviews when they say. Hey, that's pretty good. I couldn't do that good. <laughs> You're like, no kidding. Yeah. Duh, um, yeah. So I've listened to almost all of your interviews. We, we still wanted to have you on, of course, because one, you're a friend of the show. And two, because people that listen to our podcast may not listen to others. And so we're going to try to navigate some of this to see um, what we can figure out. Just just in short, real short. What's it like having everybody interested in how much money you make? Is that cool? Are you annoyed by it? Um. I guess kind of cool, but um, <laughs> I mean it's it's not public knowledge, so no right. one's ever gonna no one's ever gonna find out. Uh, so you can quit asking. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean I'm I'm getting taken care of. That's all I'll say. I I'm very very happy with the deal I was able to get, and I think both of us on both sides are really really excited. Very cool. All right, so we won't ask that, or I'll say I won't ask that. We got a whole team of guys here asking questions, <laughs> but um, so you're 18. You're doing things many other kids dreamed of at this point in their life. If they're into disc golf, your game is insane. You're extremely smart on the course with the game of disc golf. I got to see it firsthand. Uh, we got to talk a lot when you were staying at my house. Your, your brain, when it comes to disc golf, I think is second to almost none. I, I'm serious. Uh, but when it comes, not but, but when it comes to your markability or branding, 
what kind of things are you being coached on or do you think are important for yourself? So like set, set aside the disc golf competition. This is like a new opportunity for you with a new manufacturer. Like what do you think is important when it comes to your branding? And like, is anybody helping you with that? Um, I mean, definitely making YouTube videos for sure. It, it's going to help to have like Alden and, and Gavin on the team. And then also being on the same team as Silas. Yeah, he's really good at making videos. Um, I think, yeah, just, just, continuing to be present on social media uh i've been i feel like not not like intentionally trying to be super public but you know i one guy comment to me you know it's he said it's nice to see a pro active on these facebook pages um and communicating with with other people and i basically just said like hey we all we're all here to just find some cool discs you know it's um and so i, I guess that's just like other people kind of see it as like, oh, cool, that's a pro, you know, taking his time out of his day to be in a, in a group. But for me, it's just like, that's what I want to do, you know. And so uh, it's cool to see people people uh, enjoy that. And, um, yeah, just uh, hopefully consistent posting, hopefully like four four days a week at least would be nice. And, uh, yeah, just, just making sure I have, I have good content and good ideas. It's not like a bunch of like wasted posts. Um, <laughs> so I'll, pro I'll probably have to like think through some stuff. But, uh stuff because there's only like i don't know there's a lot of generic stuff you can post obviously whenever you want but it's tough to think of those kind of funny ideas that you'll know will get a lot of likes right and so that kind of leads me kind of we're, we're getting to it a little bit alden's vlogs as everybody says are amazing uh, there's probably going to be some questions tonight in regards to like him joining this mania too but separate from that and making videos which is a huge part of today's like who you are as a brand you like i think you have to have media for sure but like when you look out there and you see other players with brands like is there anybody out there that you would say hey i think they're doing a really good job with their brand like a player like i'm just going to throw one out from my perspective it would be like paul Macbeth. it's it's one of the largest brands out there right in disc golf it's a brand uh yeah. what does it take to get to that <laughs> and is that and what who are your people that you kind of look for yeah, like, well, they're doing good. Yeah, there's like different ways to do it because you have those players that aren't as good that still have really good brands, and you also have those players that are higher level that do have those big brands like Simon. Um, I know, like I think AB is a good example. Now he he definitely has like been posting some YouTube stuff, which is important, especially because people just want to see stuff in the off season. Um, but you know, he I think he's just like a. He's very likable because he throws bombs. He's a cool guy, and uh, I think I think disc golf needs like needed someone like him. I guess like that kind of cool kid that uh, you know disc golf. I guess at least when I was growing up was known as like a nerdy sport. But then you have someone as cool as AB playing. You know, it's, uh, it makes it more valid. And so people, I mean, I I think I see more AB jerseys than any other jersey, honestly. Um, whenever I'm at the course, so. He's obviously doing something right. And, uh, yeah, I, so, I, I, I try to do that, too, with, like, when I was at Kansas City last year, just, you know, throwing that kind of crazy shot uh, and then end up putting a Mando in the next day. So stuff like that, people just kind of want to see fun lines being thrown and stuff like that. Yeah, and, I mean, you're 18, and so, like, it's not expected that right out of the gate. I mean, you as a person are likable. Um, I was just curious what your thought process was there. And to hear you talk about AB, I think you're – pretty spot on and i think i guess all i'm trying to get at here is did you do you feel like your branding is where you want it to be and what are your dreams for your brand have you thought about that like who do i want to be just likable have lots of videos and likes 
uh, shirt, clothing, discs. I mean, where's the end goal for you? Yeah, I mean, you want to like kind of uh, kind of piece it apart and break it in. You want to have like one thing from every aspect. So maybe that is merchandise, having a good YouTube channel, then being likable off the course, and then being fun to watch on the course. So I think I think it's a mix of everything. You can't really just. It's very rare and hard to just kind of have one of those things and, and get away with it. You kind of need to build it up through a lot of different things. And uh, yeah, I think that just comes with time. I know that, you know, I'm not going to be as popular as Paul or Eagle or Ricky or Simon off the off the gate, even though I per, could perform better than them any weekend. You know, it's just like I just haven't had the time on the earth to, you know, pull off more of those crazy shots or those crazy wins. It just takes time, even though I might be there right now uh it, it'll it'll form i think in the next couple of years yeah no no concerns here just wanted to see where your mindset was at with yeah. this change uh josh i'm gonna throw it over to you all right cool hey again and uh, so i've already listened to all your uh your other podcast interviews so i've got no questions no i'm joking <laughs> I, but i actually want to follow up right so um i'll first of all have you confirm you didn't use an agent to represent like your value in any negotiations for this new contract. Is that right? Yeah, no, no right. agent. And uh, so you're saying you were comfortable representing yourself, right? I think you, un you said you understand your value. So I'm curious, was, was this contract really about you trying to get the most total value possible, right? So like, is, is that what you were after? Or was it more of just getting something that you would call like comfortable, or I think the words you used is like, Hey, I'm, I'm being well taken care of. Um, were you pursuing like literally every last drop of possible value you could get, or was there a bigger picture from your mindset? <clears throat> um, I mean, obviously in a contract, the money's probably going to be the most important thing. Obviously you have those kind of terms that you're, uh, maybe will be different from company to company. Um, but yeah, I'd say like, I guess from what I believe my value is, I, I think I got, you know, definitely what I was looking for at least. And um, I mean, I, like I said, I, was, I wasn't afraid to kind of say what I wanted in a, in a deal. I was like, hey, you know, it'd make me feel more comfortable if you could, you know, take this out or add this or uh, maybe we could bump that up a little bit. So stuff like that, I'm not I'm not scared to say, because if I'm going to be signing a big deal, the company, I need to be, I need to feel comfortable myself. And uh Dismania was super flexible and we we both I think got you know, I guess what we wanted to we kind of came to an agreement on pretty much everything there was um, to make me happy and then also have them still you know get what they wanted as well yeah so that makes sense so it, it, this is literally not a follow-up question about what the actual contract is because I'm not gonna dig or pry into that at all but how how do you know that you got what you're valued at um, is this just a, Hey, this is what I personally literally think the economic calculation is, or is this a comparison against other pro contracts that you're aware of? Um, is it a mixture of those things? Uh, Matt asked you about branding and like your persona, right? Social media, like there's all, all of these factors. Um, and without somebody kind of really representing those topics, what were you doing to evaluate that? Is it just, do disc golfers know what all the other disc golfers are getting paid and that helps you kind of set your negotiation standpoint? Yeah, I'd say aside from like the top deals were somewhat loose about it, uh, knowing like what, you know, I, I, I pretty much know what all my friends make. Um, and obviously I'm not going to share that with anyone, but 
Um, I kind of, I kind of evaluated it as, you know, a million a year is goat status and that takes so long to build up. And like I said, I, I might be playing as good as them and you, you know, but I, so I know, but I haven't had the time yet. I'm not even close to, I'm not going to cl sell close to what Paul McBeth sells or what Simon sells. It's just not going to happen right now. And so I kind of, I kind of just not like difficult calculations, but you know, the, the offers that I receive and the, the final deal I ended up getting, I thought was pretty fair for what I believe my value is. Um, and so, yeah, to me, it was it was a pretty actually easy process kind of with how my whole offseason went down with contracts. Uh, wasn't wasn't that stressful at all, especially the people at Discmania are really easy to work with. I get answers pretty much immediately if I ask a question. Um, and so, uh, you know, talking with Austin Montgomery, it's been it's been easy because he's a he's a friend of mine. And so uh you know kind of talking back and forth with them on you know i want this i want that you know you we can settle on this it was really easy because it felt like i was talking to a friend and there wasn't a lot of pressure uh so i could i could be like genuine and feel comfortable with what i was saying yeah no, that makes sense thanks for elaborating it sounds like for the most part you are aware of what the the surrounding market is right meaning other peers yeah. other contracts which lets you kind of determine your value um, right. Many uh, of the fans outside of the giant deals that are announced publicly don't have lots of insight. And so, right, helping us thinking about what it would be like to determine value is like really complex. But for you saying, yeah, I know what other peers are making. I know what other um, some of the, you know, maybe not the, the top contracts that have been really, you know, quiet, but those insights really help you for that. Um, I'm curious, just from pure speculation, we obviously saw the market the disc golf market really jump, in, you know, in the short term post post COVID. Um, and then in general, um, kind of hit a little bit of a ceiling and see a little bit of a tapering off. Um, obviously, you only had like so much control. So this has nothing to do with the prior contract or, or this contract. But I'm more curious from yourself. Um, do you think if the timing had been different, could you have negotiated a different value for this contract? Or is that not even a thing in your mind? You're you're looking towards the future? Yeah, I, I don't think any of that affected my, my deal uh, personally. Uh, I think we definitely see it a little bit in those more mid-level players. And a lot of players actually have been like let off their teams even. Um, and maybe companies, you know, in disc golf, it's a, it's an interesting sport. I'm not sure if this is how it works in kind of every sport. But, I mean, the curve of how much a player is actually worth and the value and how important they are to have. It's like, you know, you have your, you have your couple goats up here, obviously, and then it drops off just a little bit to kind of like four five six seven eight and once you get past eight nine ten it just it just drops off real hard and so those players that are kind of outside of that you know you look at it and you could ask you know a random fan would you rather buy you know a simon lazat disc versus a player that's maybe ranked like 30th in the world and people are going to say simon every single time and so it's kind of just that uh and i i'm definitely i think where i'm at is like right below the the big drop off so i'm, I'm still up here uh which is I, I'd say decently accurate. Um, I guess I don't have enough room on my screen to show where like Simon and Ricky and Paul are, but uh, that's that's kind of my point. And I think a lot of a lot of companies are realizing that you know even these contracts that they may be paying this is just a number, but let's just say it was a fifty thousand dollar year contract for a player uh, of mid level. Maybe they aren't seeing that return on investment, and so it's not worth it. Um, and then you know now now in the world of disc golf we have 
House of Discs, which is a com combination of five companies right now, I believe. And then, um, you know, we obviously have DD, Westside, and Latitude all working together. And so, and then you have, you know, MVP, Axiom, Streamline, who make Mint and Thought Space. And so these companies are kind of like, they're kind of, I guess, maybe working together to try to see actually what, like what, what players like worth their time, I guess. And like, if it's worth it for uh, the company to uh, give that player a sponsorship agreement. Yeah. So you said you don't have enough room on the screen to show the difference between, you know, Paul, Ricky, Simon, I think with the names you mentioned, I'm sure there's a few more there. Um, do you see yourself becoming someone in that tier in your career? Do you see yourself becoming comparative to Paul, Simon, Ricky, maybe Eagle? I hope so. I think, uh, it doesn't help that I feel like my game's pretty boring just on a typical disc golf round. I, I have a pretty boring game. I feel like I kind of just throw the stock shot. Um, you know, as disc golf's getting a little bit, you know, more important to like be smart with the shots you're throwing, we're not going to probably see as many as those Simon lines as we did in the past. Um, but I think, I guess like the one thing I have going for me is like maybe my putting. Um uh, we'll see. We'll see how that works. Obviously, putting can be on, on or off based on the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, obviously, that's the goal to be at their their level. But I think it's going to be uh, a little bit harder. I, th I think back in you know their day when they gained their popularity, there was nobody else doing that kind of stuff. Simon was doing trick shots and making content. Paul was just winning every. Paul and Ricky were just winning every single tournament. And then Eagle is, I guess, more of the kind of newcomer to that, where he he kind of did both media and played really, really good. I think 2021 season, he had like four pro tour wins halfway through the year. Um, I don't know if he ended up getting any more, but I mean, just the fact that he was on fire that much throughout the year kind of built up his popularity. And then obviously he throws super far, has a big forehand and people just want to watch that. Do This makes me think, um, I think you gave the answer kind of, but does anything like that ever cross your mind during a round? And here's what I mean. You talked about throwing the Simon line or your game maybe isn't you know quite as exciting, um, but it's more about ex executing. Does that ever cross your mind during a round or is it like, no way, like during the round, it's all just focused on the task at hand? Oh, uh, I, I don't know. I definitely will be like walking next to Calvin or Eagle or Paul or whatever. And I'll be like, wow, they're, they're just so much further ahead of me, I guess, in, in everything. Uh, or like, I, I mean, I still look at them like, wow, like, cause I especially on the disc golf side from my eyes, I'm just a, a person who plays disc golf that, you know, I guess like for me, when I throw a good shot, like people say it looks easy, but in my head, I'm like, Oh, that was, that was hard to do. I'm glad it worked out. Uh, and then I look at people like Calvin or Simon or any of these people and they're they're having these really hot rounds where they're they're just throwing so many perfect shots over and over and over again, and I'm like, wow, it, it must just actually be easy for them. But I think in their heads, they're probably thinking the same thing if they watch me throw a good shot. And so I think I think I look at that perspective maybe a little bit too much of like, you know, to them it's just easy, where in reality I think it's just we're we're just good disc golfers and we 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 just do that stuff, um, you know, with all the years of work we put in, and so. Yeah, I'd say that's that's probably how I look at it. No, that must be nice. The the comment where you say we're just you know disc golfers and we do that stuff because I'm over here thinking I'm a disc golfer again and then I don't do that stuff. But then again, day, I'm not negotiating know. contracts and I'm not even trying to. So that is a big big difference. All right, one more thing before I kind of hand it off. So 
Um, you had a great year last year, but you have commented and said that you really felt like you were off most of last year. Things just didn't quite feel right on the course, right? Forgetting how to throw, just different challenges. Um, do you sense, like, do you have a feeling that that's going to be different this year? Like, has, has anything clicked differently for you? Are you ready to go? Or is it going to be like, we'll just have to see how it plays out? I, I think I'll know to, like two events into the year, whether what kind of a year it's going to be. Um, in 2022, it seemed like my game was very consistent, but the ceiling wasn't as high. Uh, I think just from experience standpoints and obviously at USDGC, I think I kind of really showed my high ceiling and my game feeling good at the same time where last year it kind of felt like, you know, my, my ceiling was a lot higher, but the consistency range was also a lot bigger. Um, and so, yeah, it was weird. I just like last year, I just didn't feel like me really ever. I couldn't step up. I wouldn't step up onto a tee pad and just think about the shot I'm throwing. I always had to think about my form. I was thinking about my body and it's just like, no matter if you tell yourself not to think about it, you're thinking about it. And so it's, it's very tough to block that out. But what happens for me is when I get into these high pressure situations, then I don't think about it anymore. And so, you know, the times that I was up there for the win, I most of the time ended up winning. And so I think it was because I, I kind of forgot about that. I was more focused on this, the shot I was trying to throw. And that kind of comes into the form aspect of it because I think my form last year was inconsistent at times. It was definitely like my timing and my mechanics weren't great for multiple aspects of the game. And I think over the off season, they've already been fixed quite a bit. Uh, my pull through is a little bit flatter uh, last year. I kind of had an issue of like, and I, I do tell uh, a lot of AMs to do this, to kind of pull through on a little bit of Anheuser because most AMs pull through on a ton of Heiser and they're way up here. And so that's kind of a tip I give. And uh, over the year, I started to reach back on more Anheuser, even if I was throwing a Heiser shot. And I'd, and I'd come through and instead of like a nice flat pull through and then extend, it was like here Anheuser and it was like a swoop. It was like super weird. And so... I think I've already gotten rid of that. And uh, so if I can have form that's good when I'm not thinking about it, then I think I think that's going to be a consistent season. Um, forehand is kind of hit or miss. And same with putting. It's literally like hopefully it stayed consistent in the offseason because forehand, I don't really throw forehands in the offseason because, um, I don't know, it just takes a little bit longer to warm up the forehand. It's, it takes more effort in my opinion, so it's not that fun to throw forehands even for me. Um, but putting, I've been, I've been trying to get, uh, keep my normal, uh, I've been doing like 200 to 300 putts a day from 30 feet. Um, I don't even have that many putters right now. We're still working on getting me a box of, uh, the new P3 X's, which will be out soon. And so I'm excited for that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've been getting worked out with what I got and, uh, I'm just, I'm really looking forward to the, the season just starting that way all my stressors right now in life are just don't have to worry about them. I can just focus on disc golf. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, certainly uh, rooting for you. Thanks for uh, bearing with some of my questions. Nick, you going to grill Gannon with something good here or what? Yeah, I try <laughs> to grill all the guests with some pretty simplistic questions and you kind of just answered one of them, but one of the big ones was, what are you going with the link of the P3X? But it sounds like P3X. Oh, well, I don't know. Okay. Well, because right now I have... I, I actually, I think I'm saying, I think I like the links more right now. Um, but with the new mold of the P3X is different than the old one. Um, I think the potential is there to have me like that one a little bit more. 
And obviously, I don't think it'll be too long on putting with that because uh, we want to obviously make a Ganimber putter eventually uh, because that's, I feel like, what I'm known for. And so once that comes out, I'll probably be putting with that, obviously. But uh, until then, yeah, P3X or Link right now, probably Link. And uh, But once I get these P3Xs, I think in like a week-ish, then I'll know. All right. Um, I guess besides for Discmania taking care of you, what was the selling point that really wanted to make, wanted to make you sign with them? Uh, there's, I think there was like, there was like two things in my mind. Um, one is very obvious. The money was there. Um, and the second one though, there's, there's multiple different parts. Now it kind of came down to Discmania and then a much smaller company. Uh, and so, you know, I, I was looking at it in, in my mind, you know, like it, it was tough because I think I just don't know if I quite have that pull yet to have Gannon Burr grow a company. I, I'd rather I feel like maybe be a part of a big company that can help grow me and then we can kind of work together rather than it being more, you know, I'm I'm almost bigger than the company is. And so that was one thing. Uh, Discmania end up did having the biggest offer at the end of the day, uh, but they also had a, a final phone call with me where they kind of introduced a couple new aspects to my contract that uh, I can't share, but I think information could be out soon. I, I sh- I'm not too sure about that on, on the date or anything, uh, but there, were, there was, they did add a couple things pretty, pretty last second to where it really made me sway disc mania. And then uh, it got to a point where it was hundred percent disc mania. And so um, it was it, the, the process for like a month ish there was really difficult. I wasn't sure what company I was going to go. I was kind of back and forth. And uh, yeah, but that toward the end of the end of the offseason, it did switch to Dismania. So we see you switch. We see Alden switch. Uh, Gavin Papdock switched a year or two ago to Dismania. Um, those were all kind of great points for you getting over there as well. But then also we just recently saw Eagle officially leaving Dismania to go over <laughs> to MVP. Did that at all sway your decision did you feel like you wanted to be under eagle or now that you are kind of they obviously they still have kyle klein this year's uscgc champion um you feel like with eagle leaving that was able to open up a couple more doors for you joining this company uh yeah in a little bit of a way because you know obviously when simon left it was kind of you know the crush boys thing that they kind of built up was almost gone in a way obviously eagle is still a huge player and so he can still take care of a company on his own um, but then, you know, once Eagle left, it, it was like less of a disappointment, I guess, because, you know, the brand that si- Eagle and Simon built up was kind of not the brand, but like their, their kind of, I don't know, teamwork, I guess, you know, that, 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 uh, that era is gone. And so, um, having me, Kyle, and then Nick Loss's re-signing announcement today was sick. And so I think our, our team is, is pretty low key going to be pretty good this year. Hopefully Uh, I think all three of us might be in the top 10 world ranking right now. And so uh, we've seen uh, Nicholas and Kyle perform really good at majors in the past. Uh, Me and Kyle each have a major. And, you know, I I think that, uh, I think that Discmania is a, I mean, the slogans, you know, the future, I think all three of us and having Alden Gavin and, you know, all, all these players, Casey White, we have Cole Montgomery. We're kind of just a, we're a, a pretty young team right now. Um, that has a lot of potential. And so I think I think this could be the year that we prove it. And uh, if we can do that, I think we can really skyrocket the brand. 
So coming out of the 2022 season, going into the 2023 season, we had seen you were originally supposed to be leaving Prodigy back then. A lot of stuff happened. I mean, there was a lawsuit that was being kind of held over you. So there was kind of, some people would say, a lot of bad blood. Was there any renegotiation with Prodigy going into the 2024 season? Did they go approach you at all with an offer that was better than your previous one? Or were you kind of at the point where, all right, I'm done. Time to time to move on. Um, I definitely did. I did. I did give him another chance to give me an offer. Um, I don't know. I guess what the holdup was on it. I actually end up never getting an official offer from Prodigy. Um, I kind of had to cut it because it was taking too long. Because um, uh, I had originally said a, a deadline of when I needed an offer. And then they got back to me and said they needed like two more weeks. And I'd already basically had my deals wrapped, my deal wrapped up. And so I was like, I just, I just don't know if I can wait that long. Cause I, I know I got to get things moving. Um, that way I can just be ready going. I just want to feel prepared. Um, and plus I feel like I'd already gotten pretty much everything I wanted to in my contract. Uh, but I did give him a chance. Nothing ended up coming out of it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Does this kind of bring a whole new excitement going into the season? Uh, we talked to a lot of pros who are taking these massive switches and they think changing up the discs in their game, kind of reinventing themselves, you know, a little slogan to Discmania, um, adds a huge boost of confidence. I mean, I've been able to, you know, talk to MLB players, NBA players, and they say kind of when they're on, you know, a team that's not doing so well, doesn't really have the best playoff contention, but then they get to a team, they either get traded or sign in free agency to a team that gives them that little extra boost in confidence where you feel like you're on a winning team. Does this kind of have that same mentality to where now you feel like you're a more confident person, almost happier in a sense going into the new season? Yeah, I, I definitely say I'm like happier. I mean, switching is just, it's just really fun to learn, learn a new bag of discs. Um, and then it's a bonus to have Alden and Gavin and Kyle and Nicholas on the team with me because I'm pretty dang good friends with all of them. I consider them definitely in my my top top group of friends. So uh, it's good to have all of us. It'll be fun to uh, just talk about discs, talk about anything that's happening with the company or new new releases and stuff like that. We can cross promote each other. Um, and so that's big for me is to have a, a family feel. It's it's definitely exciting. Um, and like I said before, I'm gonna have a lot of new slots in my bag. I've never, I've never had good fairway drivers. I felt like that I could, um, kind of the, like seven speed fairway drivers. So now I have the FD, the FD one. Uh, I have the Essence. I have, you know, just I have the PD, CD two. I have so many good fairway drivers now. Where we see people like Calvin just shred courses, um, and I think he's pretty, pretty confident with his fairway driver lineup. And now that I have that as well. I think I think my tee to green is going to be a lot better, and that's what's most important for winning is the person who gets the most birdie looks. Definitely. And speaking of the discs, this will kind of be my last you know question before I hand it off over to Evan. But speaking of the discs, you're going from a company that was producing their own discs down in Georgia, being Prodigy, and we've seen players with Disc Mania in the past, back when Innova was molding their discs, and then now the House of Discs, whether it's Latitude 64 molding them, I don't know all the ins and outs of it, but how does that feel kind of joining a company that is reliant on another company to fulfill the requests of Disc Mania? I think, I think with House of Discs being so big now, I've already seen it. I mean, there's some pretty crazy stuff that I've, I've seen that I can't share that will be coming and it's it's actually insane the amount of control they have over what they can do to each disc 
Um, I think we've seen, specifically from Discomania, a new level of consistency with the plastic. Um, it's all just like really consistent. I mean, you can go to any shop. It's all going to be the good. I mean, the sea line is my favorite plastic right now. Uh, it's, it's stiff, which is like my favorite part. It's nice and stiff. And so I get that good feel whenever it's hot outside. And, uh, I feel like it's not like warping in my hand. And so it's just like, uh, it's very good to see it's trustworthy because I, I can go to them and say, Hey, you know, let's try to, let's make this run a little bit more overstable. And then they can do that. It's, it's so, it's so cool to, to have them, uh, you know, kind of, they definitely reach out to the players and kind of see what they want to want to have done. And uh, they can they can make those the, the the changes they need to make for the discs to improve, or maybe you just want to try something new. And so, yeah, I'm I'm excited. I, I think I think what's to come in the future is going to be pretty game breaking for disc golf. And uh, I can't wait for people to see and what their reactions are. All right, my last easy question: What are your goals for the 2024 season? I just want a major. I don't even care if I win anything else. I just want to win at least one major. Um, I mean, my, 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 I think, I think that's my, that's my like end goal, but my, my goal that I'm going to be looking for is to be in contention every single event, like never give up, which I never really do, but like in a way I just like didn't play good. And so, um, yeah, just never give up. If I can be in contention at every single event, I'm going to win at least a couple. And so if that's the end goal, as long as I'm doing that, I'll get a couple wins, finish the season good. Uh, that way I can stay relevant in the game. Uh, I think it's, I think we've seen it sometimes the people that just maybe have an off year, they're not too present. They're not playing, you know, they're, they're still a big name, but no one's quite talking about them as much as they did in the past. And so uh, I want to, I want to just stay up there. I want to always be in the conversation uh, being on coverage is huge. Just making lots of league cards after round one is going to be going to be big for me. Definitely. I actually thought of one last question. It should be a pretty yeah. brief one. And then I am going to toss it over to Evan. Uh, Tori starting in the state of Florida this year. Uh, you've had success at the Las Vegas Challenge, a second place playoff finishes, one of the awesome playoffs that we had in our sport. So you've had success out there on the West Coast. Now we're jumping over to the East Coast for the 2024 season. How does that feel for you? Do you feel excited about it? Do you wish we were still starting in Arizona and Vegas? You know, where are your thoughts on it? Uh, I'm definitely going to miss that kind of feeling of the first couple events. And now, obviously, I think it does make a lot more sense to start in Florida. For me, I kind of looked at it as I had this super fun, relaxing all-star weekend I could look forward to in Tucson, Arizona. Then we play Vegas and then we play the Memorial. So for me, it kind of felt like we had a lot of time up there. And it, it, just, it just feels like nice to kind of be in like a – just a super hot climate in that kind of a climate. I don't know. It's kind of hard to explain, uh, but everyone kind of has that nostalgic feeling or just, you just already know it's going to be a fun weekend uh, with the boys. But um, yeah, I, I'm really excited because it's always exciting for a new disc golf pro tour event at a new course, no matter what, if it's a good course or a bad course, it's just good to have something fresh. Um, and we saw that like with the Des Moines challenge a couple of years ago and now the Florida open. Uh, and so I, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. I I haven't only tournament I think I played in Florida was the Open at Tallahassee, and um, Florida definitely has a especially uh, specifically the course I know that you're helping with. I know it's got kind of an interesting landscape, and so to be in Florida with that landscape, so I think it's only an hour and a half from my dad's house. So um, might go up and play it, practice it, or I don't even know if that's going to be allowed or not. But uh, I'll at least when you're in town. We'll make okay. it work. I I know a guy. 
Okay. Um, I'll, well, at least probably be in Florida about a week early to test some stuff out and cool. just get ready for the off season or the season. Awesome. Uh, I'll toss it on over to Evan. Give him the hard questions. Yeah. Well, you let him off easy on that cutting edge stuff coming to Dismania and House of Dis. Uh, get it. I know you're not going to say it, but can you tease any more? Like, is it a, a new mold? Is it new plastic types? Is it remote control discs? Like, what what is the subject we want to be thinking about? Um, I, I'll, I'll just say like the ability to kind of, uh, I guess, affect the disc how you want it to be affected, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Not helping me one bit, but he's getting me more excited. So there you go. I, I, th- I think just precision and consistency is with having a new kind of cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I got no ideas, but all right. I'm excited to see it. Looking forward to it. Uh, you said that uh, you looked up the Eagle at Dismania specifically, um, you know, as you're kind of through the game. Of course, we all know that you're younger. And, and as you were growing up, you you looked up to, you know, the stars of today who are still around. When did it feel like you made it on tour and that you were no longer starstruck playing with Eagle McMahon or, say, Paul McBath or Ricky Wasaki or whoever? Um, hmm maybe like mid 2022 uh 2021 i made lead card at waco when i was 15 and that was pretty unreal it, like it, it felt like like the whole world was watching me even though there weren't that many people spectating that round it kind of felt like it was just a huge moment in my life because it was my first time ever making lead card and i had a couple of good performances throughout the rest of the year making some feature cards which was which was kind of cool to always be on jomez because that just gets a lot of views and a lot of recognition um but uh, yeah, I think I think after the playoff in Vegas, I kind of realized like I'm I'm here to stay at least for a little bit, hopefully. And so, uh, you know, with my consistent 2022 season, I I think it was like okay, I proved to myself that I'm definitely one of the top guys. And then getting the USCGC win and then the the three elite series last year, I think for sure solidified it. So you even think it was maybe before 2023, but now it's no doubt. Yeah, yeah. Sure enough. I think winning USDGC is no doubt, uh, but certainly I think that's where you're going anyways. Uh, You've said multiple times now that your game just never felt good or or for the most part didn't feel good in 2023. So my question is, but I'm going to not let you answer it yet, is what do you think was your better season, 2022 or 2023? And before you answer it, I want to just – say kind of your stats because yeah some did lead to 2022 more uh but some led to 2023 more so i want you to hear it and then give me your answer uh in in both years just looking at major and elite events you played 18 total events in 2023 your average place was seventh compared to 13th uh just this past year your average round rating was uh 1044 in 2022 compared to 1039 in 2023 um your podiums were the same you had five in both years you had nine top fives in 2022 compared to just five uh, in 2023. But when I'm looking at birdie rate, uh, uh, birdies are better per round. You had 0.4 better, almost a half a birdie more per round in 2023 compared to 2022. And then, of course, you won three events compared to just the one, although big, USDGC win in 2022. So which season do you think was better? Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna use a very good example here. So I'm gonna use the player of the year debate. Um, I would rather have the season with the U.S. Championship, um, 
just because it's a major and same same reason that I basically voted for Calvin for player of the year is because or sorry, I mixed up on everything I just said. Scratch everything I just said. All right. Redo. Well, I had it in my head and then I said I think I said the thing I was gonna say this for the second thing, and then I I mixed it up. Um so hold up. All right, what was you're, you're what was your off. better year? Twenty twenty three or twenty twenty two? You had more wins in twenty twenty three. Okay, uh, you had more birdies as well, but you're yeah. uh, you had more consistent finishes, more top fives, uh, more uh, a better round rating, um, and I, I forget the other one I said. Uh, average major. finish, uh, and of course mm. had the major. Although yeah. you're just your one major I mean, elite yeah, event in twenty twenty two. I think I think if we're looking at that, I'd, I'd probably say twenty twenty two. It was also like 2022. I was kind of like the bogey-free man. I just didn't bogey that much, um, and obviously my birdie rate was lower, but I averaged higher-rated rounds. I played more consistent. Um, so, I, I think for me, 2022 is better just for a couple reasons. It just was less stressful. Um, but then you also got to look at the, you know, the getting three Elite Series wins is pretty big. It was the most pro tour wins of anybody, or just just most wins in general of anybody. Uh, last year and so that's that's also huge i i think i want i want to get back to the 2022 type of play just with more birdies or just higher potential basically to where i am just not bogeying and i play consistent every single weekend because i felt like in 2023 you know i could step up to a hole and there's a chance i'd bogey it where in 2022 i'd step up to a hole and in my head, the worst score I'm getting is a par. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I was just playing more freely in 2022 and just not worrying about too much. I was kind of just – because I hadn't proved myself. There was nothing to prove because, I mean, there, there's no there's no guarantee I'm just going to be a top player. There's no guarantee I'm going to win any event. And so, you know, I was close. I knew I could win an event, but every event was like, okay – Let's just do your best. We'll see where you finish. And obviously, I think I did end up having the lowest average finish of anybody uh, the entire 2022 season. Uh, only got that one win. I, I did win Masters Cup, but that wasn't I – mean, it's a Silver Series. It was a good field at least. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's – there's definitely good aspects to both seasons. I, I think overall, if you just average a higher, higher round rating, I mean, five points lower average round rating is pretty bad, I feel like. Um I need to look at the math on that because my rating did go up one point throughout the. This this is just major and elite events too, so you certainly could have played better overall okay. if you include okay. silver events or eight tiers. I mean, you won the memorial, right? You won the memorial last year. Uh, yeah, sure I, I won the memorial. Yeah. So I'm sure your round rating was pretty good. There, you certainly yeah. could have had your player rating go up, but when I'm looking at just major and elite events, the average uh-huh. rating from those uh, was lower in 2023. So yeah, I and, and it's I, being I don't think you're wrong. Yeah, being in contention at all majors is is important. I, I think what I was getting at is like, um, like I'd it's weird. Like it's it'd be basically if I like it it'd be if I had won USDGC in twenty twenty three. Like you'd almost well, I don't have any wins in twenty twenty two then. But you, in my opinion, I'd rather have Calvin's. Calvin was a player of the year, but I'd rather have Isaac season for the titles. And so. That that I guess that's just my opinion on that kind of a topic. Yeah. So so you want major titles over consistency? 
Yeah, yeah, I'd rather. So I'd you, rather you had consistency and the major title in 2022, although you had more elite wins in 2023. Yeah, so, so rather... it's kind of like a weird, uh, weird argument. I don't know. Yeah, certainly. I mean, your seasons are just two seasons. It's not, you know, a, a total hypothetical. Uh, they happened, and and they were seasons that happened. All right, last question that I have is: uh, Let's talk the Gannon Burr World Rankings. These are releasing for the first time ever today. Uh, who are your MPO top three? Let me get the phone out real quick. <laughs> Do you have this saved in notes or something? No, I don't. I'm just looking at I. If I if there's any questions about world rankings, I just go to world rankings, look at the players, and see what it is. <laughs> so you're okay. not even going to come up with your own. You're just going to do no. what's already done. <laughs> uh, number one, I have e, uh, Calvin for sure. Um, number two, I think I'd go Calvin Isaac Eagle would be my my top three. Um, Eagle's consistency was kind of underrated as to where he was pretty unreal with the amount of good finishes he had. Obviously, he didn't get any wins. He had those two silver series, but uh, you want to be looking for those elite in the majors. Um, obviously, with uh, Isaac's two majors were huge, especially being Worlds. And the Calvins is kind of a no-brainer. Um, it's This year was like very tough to determine like what year, because I think there's a lot of different lists. Overall, Calvin's going to be number one no matter what. Calvin and Isaac probably. Uh, but then you, know, you can look at I had the most wins. Kyle had a major and an elite series. Ricky had an elite series in the Pro Tour Finals. Simon had a playoff and an elite series. And so the one I don't agree with is Paul McBeth being number three right now in the U-Disc ones. But I think that I think other than that, I'd say I'd say the world rankings from that like three to eight is like really tight. You can kind of switch switch whoever. So where's Gannon Burr in this? Are you number four or are you all the way down at eight or somewhere in between? Uh, that's tough. <laughs> I, I think putting you on the spot here. I, I think I think I'd put myself maybe above Ricky and Simon. Just just by uh, just because I had that. So one you'd be number and four with Ricky and Simon five and six. Yeah, and then I put I put I'd put I mean, well, I have It'd be here's my top five. It'd be Calvin, Isaac, Eagle, me, Kyle. That's my top five. Oh, okay, nice. Because Kyle had the U.S. Championship and an Elite Series, which is better than Ricky and Simon. Yep. Yeah, I think they both had two. Kyle also got uh, second being open. Yeah, great point. He really snuck in there. Uh, Crazy event that was. Uh, Well, I appreciate the time, Gannon. Uh, Ben, it is all you. Gannon Burr. What's up, man? What up? How we doing? I've been I've been hiding well, in the we're shadows. We're okay. We're okay. We're okay. Yeah. Um. Don't worry. This grill session is almost over. Um. First question I have for you. So, you and Alden both signed to Dismania. Was this a sort of package deal type of thing where it was in your clause that if you sign me, you must sign Alden, or were it, you guys both left at the same time, so I didn't know. Like, or was it any company you were going to? Alden was also going to. That, yeah, any company. I told any company I'm gonna go to that you got to get Alden to. All right, he's my driver. Yep, that's it. All right, the good, sweet. That's perfect. Um, that that's it, man. No, what? That's yeah. the podcast. 
That's there it. Go. I have more questions. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know next week. I didn't know if Sound he was like going to divulge. Um, so I, I do have more questions. So this might be something you don't know, but do you know if there's any plans in the future that Dismania is going to start making their players throw only the new Dismania mold rather than the Innova made? Is that too far the, down the line or is that coming soon? I don't know because that's a tough, that's definitely a tough question because let's just, for example, say they did require that in like three years, then it's like all those people that had old Discmania stuff. It's just like not valid at that point. It's kind of weird. I mean, in my eyes, yes, the goal is promote the new stuff, throw as much new stuff as you can. Um, but it's also, it's all Discmania. It's all just like, you don't got to look too deep into it. If the disc is stamped Discmania on the top and is labeled, everything's Discmania on the stamp. I mean, it's, it's a Discmania disc in my opinion. So it's, um, it, it's kind of, it's actually kind of like an advantage in a way with, so then, so the new molds are slightly different than the old molds and it did open up a couple slots. Uh, right now I'm like for sure liking the new MD3s a lot more. And so that's a, that's a, now, and the method is a is a newer disc uh, in the evolution line, and so it I think it just adds more options basically. Um, I know as for I think Kyle is the only player that's ever gone full Discmania made bag when he won Waco. He won Waco with a full Discmania made bag, um, and so there's not there like there's not too much to prove. Like the stuff is stuff is good. Um, and it's consistent. And that's one thing that did bring me to Dismania is how consistent it was uh, in all the stock stuff. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not too sure about that. Thanks, Gannon. Great, great answer. Um, so kind of having to go on that, I'm, my questions are on a disc trajectory about Dismania. So kind of hopping on that last question, what is your favorite disc? I guess you kind of answered, but what is your favorite disc? from their new line and what is your favorite from their old line that you currently have been digging? Ooh, that's a very tough question. Um, I think, dang, that's a tough question. Uh, as of now, I like the older PD2s. Um, they're a little bit more overstable. Now the new ones, we just haven't had enough plastic variations. We've only had one plastic variation. And so I think when the sea lines come out uh, this year, that will probably make the bag because I think those will be for sure just like meat hooks and really overstable. The new ones are, uh, but I'm looking for just a touch more overstable. Um, so I think I, I like the old PD2s. And then in terms of the new stuff, um, it's tough. I'll, I'll name a couple. I mean, I like the the tactic is a really good disc. It's unique. You can throw it really hard, and it's it's slow, but not like crazy overstable. Um, obviously, the MD5 really overstable approach disc. Um, the method I think is my favorite mid range. I can just put so much. I think I think I'm gonna make the method popular. Um, I, I've already got a couple people switching over to methods because I, I like them so much. But I think it's the the best mid I can put a ton of power on, and it just goes straight and finishes left. It uh, doesn't really think about flipping ever. And so I can trust it in like wind and stuff like that. So that's, that'll be fun to use. I can already like, when I hold it, I just feel confident. Like I know how it's going to fly. Um, and I think, I think like, I mean, in terms of like 
all around, like Essence, CD1, and uh, FD are like incredible people just for just all skill levels. They're all just like really consistent. Um, they're just really straight flyers, uh, especially if you have like a lower arm speed. And then for pros, we can put some power behind them and they still hold up pretty decent. Um, but yeah, that's, that's, that's what I'm liking so far. Good answers. Appreciate that. Um, kind of in the same category. What is the most sought after this mania disc you have right now? I know you were trading oh, and all like that. And yeah, there's, yeah. there's a huge hype around this mania collector group. So yeah, let's know. It's, well, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. Cause like, if you know me, like I, I like to, well, I collect to throw. So I, there's only, there's very few discs I've ever had that I've owned that I don't plan to throw uh, pretty much everything I buy to throw. And, but, you know, it's fun to bag cool discs. Um, I'd say anything I have that is anything of Eagles that was old that maybe he used in his bag or um, maybe it's uh, only... So I have these PD2s that are stamped Cloudbreaker with... So it's the Cloudbreaker stamp, but they had to modify the stamp because something was wrong with the stamp in the design. And so uh, there, I think there was only six pd2s ever stamped with that and i have two of them wow <laughs> so those those are like i've already had people messaging me and i'm like nope there's no chance of getting these off of me um and then I, I have an md3 from his original in the bag with spin tv in 2015 and now i think it's in my bag for my flippy mid-range slot um awesome. i mean it so the md3 has a micro beat on it and this one has no beat anymore because it's so beat up Sweet. So, kind of going off of that collector's page, you joined a Dismania collector's page maybe a little too early in the off season. Um, was that yeah, was, you're one of them? Was that an oversight, Gannon, or was that because you ended up joining like MVP and all that like two months later, maybe? But was that an oversight, or was that kind of like just you know you just want to see what the plastic had? Here, the oversight is people like you who don't know the facts. <laughs> What's the facts? I'm asking you, Gannon. Tell me the facts. I, I joined. I joined that collector page like six years ago, five years ago, probably. Okay. So I don't know where that rumor came from. Oh, Gannon just joined the dismantle. No, I've been in that exact group for like five years. Okay. Um, I had some player practice that I sold over there when I was like twelve. Um, now the Alden did join. But he only joined, he called me because he was like, oh my gosh, there's rumors because I joined the collector group. Um, this is before any of us knew where we were going. This is like mid-season. Um, because apparently there was rumors that I was bidding on Discmania stuff, which that also wasn't true. Um, and so I don't even know how these, these rumors come about because none of it actually happened. I guess someone just made it up. I guess so. Uh, but like, And so that was like, I guess the only bad part is because I was like, oh, well, we were, we're in the groups, people... I guess knew it already, but in reality, there was no telling where we were going to end up for next year. So, um, but yeah, obviously did not end up being Dismania, and uh, it's it's fun to be a part of because there's a lot of there's a lot of fun and cool stuff that has a lot has a has a lot of history and um, just getting some of those those uh, I guess like sought after discs are, are fun. Yeah, no, I appreciate you clarifying that because that, that's what I heard from a million people. That's yeah, and see, that's what happens is it spreads like a wildfire. Yeah. There was I, something about me bidding on Innova. <laughs> I, the only true one, the only true one is the MVP one. 
that but that's because it just happened yeah 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 and but that was at that point you knew where you were going you were just trying to which which is part of my actually i have this written down so you're in my opinion known as right now the biggest troll in disc golf you were you weren't letting people know come on do your troll face you know you can do it or whatever you do yeah there you go evan's cracking up Um, everyone everyone loves that face for some reason it's like it's like the it's basically the squidward if you watch spongebob like whenever he's handsome yeah exactly so what i guess i don't really know my question is just like how was that was that fun for you like what what was the planning behind all the i know you post on your story of your dog and then an end of a disc was there plans behind that or were you just having fun to throw people off everything everything i did was planned out very specifically from, really from the, the script i made to all the stories the dog story was set up i called my dog over got one of her toys that was in the yard propped it underneath the disc so you could see the stamp <laughs> and like purposely put it in like the bottom corner so like i accidentally showed it um i don't know how anyone fell for the mvp one <laughs> uh but yeah that it, it was all planned out the script i wrote myself in like three minutes maybe that was pretty easy and uh yeah so it was fun because it was the only trolling i'd be able to do company-wise for three years so might as well try it yeah well we were talking about branding earlier i think you know that was a cool part to see of your brand you know just uh how you can have some fun let loose and who you are as a person um i have one last question um and it's some more speculation so you don't have to answer this but niklas antila um he announced he was leaving this mania and he then, did not announce that he was leaving this mania he said he said you oh, never he never said he never said i'm leaving you know are uh, you if sure you, it, if you go back and leave that post as if you read that post as hey i just appreciate you guys says this uh, let, me, let me read it Yep, thank you, Discmania, for season 2018 through 2023. When I started playing in 2015, he goes on to talk about all his dreams. Um, I'm so grateful to Discmania for their willingness to help go after my dreams. However, after three Finnish championship titles and European championship title and numerous memories, it's time to turn a new page in my career. Announcement about my future coming in a few weeks. So you're right. He did not say goodbye. But that's it, the essence of it. Yeah, it was a it was a very very good wrote out post. Well, that that's 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 my question. That's where I'm going with this. Was was this the whole intention that he was going to resign, or was there something in yes. the back? So that that's all I was asking. Was there or was there yep. he actually about to leave? No. Yeah. Well, it was funny because the post got me because um, well, it was weird because I mean I had been told like they re-signed Nick Lawson. It was like, I was like, oh, cool. It's sick. It's glad we locked him up for a couple more years. Um, and then the post came out. I was like, what? Did something weird happen? Like something crazy happened? And I, I had to just make sure that nothing crazy happened. And it was just all part of this marketing uh, part of it. And, you know, it, it was such a good post because, you know, he put that like timeline of like what, 2018 through 2023. And so it kind of gave that timeline and then the new chapter. But that's just him joining the higher level team. Cause he earned it, I guess. And so kind of like, kind of like that. Yeah. And then I, I went back and read it from that perspective. And that's kind of what I've been telling people. I'm like, just go back and read it from the perspective of someone's just genuinely thankful for what they've given him so far. 
yeah we'll, we'll go with that um well that's that's my grill sesh and yeah any anyone else i guess what what we got going on oh matt all right he's gone <laughs> oh no uh, put back in heaven we dissolved him well we, 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 can, build, we can put alden we'll, we'll put alden in his spot yeah yeah there you go is alden with you no not now no no, no, we... no, 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 no. okay Yes, guys, hold on one second. I'm getting room service. <laughs> oh, whoa, Fancy. I do have a, I have one last follow-up for Gannon real quick, but let me just sign real quick. Oh, man. All the things this man's do. rich. <laughs> he just signed a three-year deal with the Marriott. Yeah, he's, you know, free towels for life. So I can't Not pull up. Sorry, I can't pull up, Evan, because he's in Gannon's spot, and that's how Matt has it set up. So sorry, just Evan. how it is. <laughs> Matt does have a follow-up question yeah gannon did we miss anything that like we just you know you've been dying to talk about for all the interviews that you've been doing uh not really i get there's like two things i have going on in my life right now that i haven't really said yet um one is i have to get my wisdom teeth out ideally before tour and Jeez. so that's going to be just annoying obviously um uh well throughout the so I, I had four cavities, which I still don't believe because I, I mean, I don't know. I've never had pain with any cavities ever before. Um, and I went, I had no pain before about eight months ago, I got these cavities drilled and filled. And, um, ever since then I've had just like pretty severe pain when eating certain foods. And so I only chewed on my right side. Um, and so even till this day, the muscle on my right side's like stronger. And so my jaw pops out of place on my left side whenever I chew. Me too. And, and like in the mornings too. And so, oh, it does. Yeah. I have the what? same thing. But, but like, I, I didn't have that before. So like it just developed. And then I, I, I'm in this, I'm in this chair and then there, cause I, I went back in. I was like, Hey, these are still bothering me. Like you must've done something wrong. <laughs> and, I don't know, found that like a piece was loose or pressing up against a nerve or something weird happened. And she was like, Oh, you know, do you want to get them like fixed eventually? I'm like, Oh yeah, for sure. And then here comes this numbing gel right into my mouth. I'm like, Whoa, 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 we're doing it right now. And so I got my teeth fixed then. Uh, and the other thing, very exclusive. And I'll say it now because I'm, I'm good now. I'm good now, but I rolled my ankle really, really bad. Uh, when I was in Florida at the start of like the very beginning of the year, um, so it's been like two or three weeks now and I, I, I rolled it really bad. I couldn't, you'll say it now because you said you're good, but three weeks ago, how scared were you? I, well, I was, I was scared and ankle rolls tend to do that. Like they, um, they're really, really bad for the first week, but then they get better quickly. Um, even like a week and a half in, I was a little bit scared. I got x-rays and stuff and it was nothing, no, no breaks. And so I end up, what happened is I, uh, stretched the muscle on the outside of my calf. It was my right foot and I stretched, I like, I think they said it was a grade two tear stretch of a muscle. Um, and so I got a, I got a lot of bruising on my leg. And then, uh, I also had just like some very slight damage to some of the ligaments on my ankle, but nothing fully injured. And so, um, I'm I'm back to throwing now, so I'm fine. Uh, there should be zero problems, but I was hiding it for a little bit because I was like, well, hopefully it wasn't something big. That'd be bad. Um, but luckily, you know, I, I tend to get hurt 
in the offseason. So we're good. Did you but, did you text Discmania or are you like, no, I'm gonna wait until I know what's going on? Nope. This is the first <laughs> time this is the first time anybody found that one unless, unless okay, my friends. Awesome. Yeah. Exclusive. Uh, no more but basketball. Because yeah, I you. had a couple of people, I was in Florida and they're like, hey man, you want to get around it? I'm like, uh, my ankle fell off. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not today. Yeah. But uh yeah, I'm 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 happy it's good now. Um feeling strong. I've been working out a little bit, so uh, just getting back to the routine. I'll be home for a little bit longer. And uh, it's a, I think it's a, I guess it was a, a good injury. So I'll be honest. I was, pl- I was, I was playing basketball, which oh, yeah. I will now never, ever, ever, ever play again in a game situation. As long as I'm playing disc golf, at least. Um, I, I think it was like the right amount of injury to teach me like, Hey, do not do that. You have much more important things to do. After it happened, I felt really stupid, and I'm lucky it wasn't anything worse. But you know, I, I think it's, I think it, I think it's in the long run going to be fine because it tells me just like another reminder: be very careful because my body is my tool, and so I have to be be very cautious of that. So um, I'll be careful moving forward, and it's going to you know force me to get stronger, and so I think that'll just improve my play even. There you go. Matt, you said you had a uh, follow-up question. Yeah, I think I think I don't. I mean, you guys have broken down a lot tonight. We've had a lot to talk about again, and I think um, when is the beard being shaved? Honestly, well, my when's okay. So you're not the first to ask that because you look People, like, like you're, tag me in video. I don't even know. Go ahead. Well, you what just look that? like a yeti. You're just like warm. <laughs> it's warm. It is warm, so but it also it. gathers ice. It also hey, gathers if, if ice. If I win worlds, I'll shave my beard. Okay. <laughs> and Matt will shave. I will his. say I'll this. Shave mine too. I've been anticipating a moment where this happens, and it's not yet. But I think I will do it for a good cause. Like, if there's a way to make money off of it and give it to charity or something. Okay. I was like, like, that's not a like, good cause. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, make money. <laughs> I can make money. <laughs> no, for charity, like. I won't just do it randomly. I mean, I'd like to make some money for charity or something if people want to see my naked face. So, but they probably don't. Okay. So, uh, yeah, we'll see you around, Gannon. You've been doing the podcast deal lately, and I think we'll probably have you on again when you announce your big next thing or you win your next big thing. So that'll be cool. But um, yeah, enjoy the cold. I just came down to Houston, and it's going to be like seventy degrees tomorrow. It's nice down here, I guess. Hey, shout out to my friend John Luce the third. He's your most recent subscriber. My man. That's what? That's actually Look John Luce the third. He yeah, he just he, he lives now. in Des Moines and I've been playing against him since I was like eleven and intermediate and stuff like that. And he's always he's been a lifetime disc maniac. And so he came over and showed me a couple discs and I got a couple things to try out that I think are already gonna be making the bag. Heck yeah. John awesome. well, shout out to John cool. Luce the third. Yeah. <laughs> it's not every time someone gets a shout out from Gannon Burr of the latest subscriber. We appreciate that, Gannon. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Well, we anybody no closing thoughts, right? We're there. Nope. We'll talk to you next there. time, Gannon. Goodbye. Peace. Out. Goodbye. <laughs> we we lost we lost Matt. <laughs> no, and no, no, no. At the same time. I, I, That's all right. Wait, I, I'm doing it. Trust me. Trust me. There we go. Hey. I had to. I had to get Gannon out. There we go. Oh, there's all different ways to do that. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Yeah. But here's what I wanted to say, but we had already talked to him about a lot. And then I'm going to lead us into like a closing out a uh, couple thoughts. One is he has something, and you brought this up, Ben, something in common with Nick Loss, right? 
He announced the departure from a manufacturer saying, and I put in quotes, buy, because he actually didn't, as Gannon pointed out. But they both did it publicly and then continued with the same manufacturer. So I think that was something interesting. And now they're both on the same team. Um, and I want to add to that. There is what Gannon just said. And there are people that are losing their minds over how they think it's bad marketing, the way to say you're leaving without saying you're leaving, and then to resign and say, cool, we promoted him. And I will simply go out and say that a friend of the show contacted me a few months ago. Uh, maybe that's a little too far back, so a month or two ago, and ultimately said that he was going to a different manufacturer, Antela. And I have it on good, like, feeling from this source that this is very, it was very accurate. So to, to say, I'm not saying Gannon knows something different and says something different. I don't believe that. I just think there's, there are two sides to this story here. And I honestly believe that in the last minute of another deal, Dismania upped their bid. That's my take on it. I don't think yeah. it's as cut and dry. Um, that That's all I'll say about it. Yeah, any thoughts on that? Does that, yeah. that make well, I, more sense to anybody? Yes. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, it's definitely something like that, whether it was intentional, whether people knew. Um, I mean, he posted that on December 30th. That's likely the date his contract expired. And so there's a formality of, I'm not under contract with Discmania anymore. Mm -hmm. um, that's, that's the situation right now. Again, I'm not actually elaborating on whether it was intentional or he got excited and posted it too early or was it try to gain leverage with Discmania. There's a bunch of different ways that could be played out or it could be a marketing stunt. I do not think it's a marketing stunt, just from my opinion. I think there's more uh, going on. But again, like, right, like if you're in a contract and maybe you're frustrated with the way negotiations are going, you have a new sponsor, you would rather stay with Discmania if they'd pay you and your contract date is up, you might choose to say, Thank you, Discmania. My contract is up, right. which is what uh, he said. I don't know. It, it just it just makes a lot of sense. I, I, I know people heard it as an announcement of leaving and then resigning, and it sounds like a marketing thing. But if you look at it from, let's say, uh, the backdoor perspective, like actually seeing how things might actually go down, to your point, contracts up. He might have used this as a strategy to get the re-up, but in so doing, he actually had negotiations. I... I'm not saying with who, but he actually had negotiations to the point of what I was under the impression that would actually be a, re a signing with yeah. somebody different. That is what I know. And I'm not going to elaborate on that. So because it, it's not a massive but, deal, I think it's all part of the, the strategy the, of getting yourself marketed. That's the only way to actually get leverage is to negotiate exactly. a realistic deal with someone else. If it's yeah. a fake deal, then it's not leverage. So, of course, he was having a conversation with someone else. Yeah. But then Discmania yep. gets a chance to swoop in yep. and, and pay and they did. I, I agree 100%. And then, I, I think a lot of it, you know, rallied on Eagle as well. I mean, Eagle leaving Discmania opens up x amount of cap space whether it's 200 grand a year 400 grand a year 500 grand a year whatever the amount of money was with eagle leaving when he did that opened up some cap space now for Discmania to you know either sign Ganon burr and pull back nicholas antela whilst also signing alden harris uh, but i definitely yeah. think there were some very real talks i know a large majority of us you know in my friend group that i have the players on the pro tour or just friends and fans of the disc golf pro tour definitely had some pretty good thoughts that he was going elsewhere until, you know, a couple hours before the show. 
So congrats to him. There's obviously speculation around that deal that Antilla has. Um, also, Gannon just texted me and said, tell them I forgot to mention Squatch is one of his sponsors. I'm very excited for my bag to be out soon. So he's on the Squatch train, and those bags do look very incredible, and he's happy about it. Um, one other thing here, Evan, when you asked the question about performance or whatever, I, I forget how it went when you were talking to Gannon, performances, years, which would you rather? He's, he stumbled himself, but what he, he actually stumbled himself, but what he was implying was it's hard because that is a better season, 2022, but I'd rather 2023. And that's what we got to eventually, but he confused himself. But I looked this up because someone mentioned this to me, uh, I think it was on Sunday, Mike Tomlin, Steelers coach, right? The, the Pittsburgh Steelers. He has never had a losing season. Um, I think it was over 15 years with the Steelers, right? And you can say he's the only coach to ever have not had a losing season after that long. Only one. Bill Belichick, all these players, right, or all these coaches. Um, but then you look at their, their, their career wins or moving in the playoffs. They've went into, like, uh, lots of wildcard games and lost. And I think they've only, like, won one or two playoffs since – Tomlin has been there is my point they obviously they have a lot one, of uh, you look at one one Super Bowl and a, probably a handful of games they probably win one maybe two a year they would go to the AFC championship game plenty of times yeah. and then lose to the Patriots or <laughs> you know get upset uh so you're you're onto it bad I'm just adding additional content that's what I'm kind of saying is I'm feeling this out of like it's it's one of those things where you could be like this like I've never had a losing season <laughs> is that what you want like as a coach that's awesome achievement or do you want to be like I had eight losing or 12 losing seasons, but I won eight of them. Like that would be like, and it just shows you how you have to play to do that too. Yeah, I, just I mean, think that was it, interesting. It always begs the question for any, I think pro tour player. And we've talked to a lot of them about this is what would you rather four elite series wins or one major being the world championship. And I think good large majority of them would all say the world championship is what really matters. Yep. I mean, every single sport out there has the playoffs and then it has their specific championship to that sport. It doesn't matter. I mean, the Patriots went, what, 16-0 and in the regular season in the playoffs, and then they lost in the Super Bowl. And that's what people Ugh. talk about is that they lost in the Super Bowl. When it really mattered, <laughs> they freaking lost, and we're still better You're to say about it. But... Um, <laughs> yeah, we just anyways, lost or, Bill Belichick. Like, we're, we're in a down spot, and you have yeah. to bring that up. Okay. Yeah, I know. We're, we're, let's we're, do this. Yeah. That's all let's right. take it to this baby. last segment. And I know Evan, you were you were busy, but we're already here. Let's just see. We're already here. Do you want to answer? It. You can, or you can bow out. Do you want to do the game or no? Um, I I actually know what the game's going to be, and I think it would be best for for y'all to to have it, some fun. Yeah, with that, it's, so. it was you were trying to bow out a while ago, and Ben brought you back in, so we're going to let you go. We'll talk to you later. <laughs> All right, see you guys next week. <laughs> we'll see you next week. Bye. Peace. Okay. Um. I knew he. I knew he was going <laughs> to click the wrong one. I, no, I stayed it, smiling it, it, because I, I knew I'd stick out. Like I have to go. It's this new thing. You guys wouldn't understand that I have to do now. No, just go four up, man. I did, but then Evan was up. I had to replace you. There but you go. Fix, I'm not going to get upset at you. It's hard to do when you're there alone. I get it. I've done it a million times. Just set the four up before you go there. There we go. Okay. So let's play this quick game. It is simple. Josh is new to this. Um, but we've done this every year for the last like three years, which is, are they going to get a podium and are they going to get a win? So you have to say yes, podium, yes, win, or no podium, obviously no win. So if you say yes, podium, then you need to also add to that and say, if you think it'll be a win anytime during the season, I'm going to give you the player name and we'll just go around. No, no real elaboration unless you have to, 
Um, but I'm going to put you on the spot. This one's the easiest one so far. Nick, Kristen, Tatar. A hundred wins and a hundred podiums. No. Okay. But, so uh, yes, yes. And Anybody disagree? Yes. And yes. Anybody disagree? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. That was an easy one. All right. Here we go. Maybe harder, Nick. I don't know. Paige Pierce, podium or win? I think she gets a win. Okay. So yeah. So yes and yes. Both. Both. Yep. Um, I say yes to both as well, Ben. Yes to both. Josh. Oh. Oh, Josh, I, I can't hear Josh. Yeah, I think Josh, you, you muted yourself. Well, it's hard. It's hard to hear when the mute button's pushed. Classic, like <laughs> your mouth zoom, zoom faux pas. Um, yeah, I was just hesitant on the win. To be honest, no question, podium. Yeah, I was a little bit. So you said podium, but you're not saying win, or you are? No, I'm saying a win. But I mean, la last okay. year, twenty five percent podium, twenty five percent wins. So I mean, still got a good shot at it. Yeah. And with her ankle rehabilitation, it's just going to be interesting. All right, Nick, here we go. Katrina Allen. Yes, yes. I am a yes to podium. No win. Ben. I think I'm a yes, yes. I think she's going to have a comeback here. Uh, Gosh. Man, I just like so frustrated because I think like she has such a strong history and, and I, I'm going to say no win but I hope she gets on the podium. Yeah, so we're feeling similarly there. I would like to, if you were to add on to it, say I'm seeing all the work she's putting in. I think she's an amazing competitor. I could go on and on, but I'm just rolling the dice here saying I don't think she's going to get the win. Yeah, I mean, the, just the feels like, so tough. Though. I know we're not elaborating, but just go look. Like the first half of the year, fine, but after that, she didn't place better than like 20th place. That's yeah. not Let's good. see. She's putting in a lot of work. Let's move over to Evelina. Nick. Yes, podium, no wins. Okay, I have yes, podium, no win. Ben? I think she fixed her putting this offseason. Yes, yes. You're saying if she did or she did? She fix did. It? I think she did. We'll see. Josh? Yeah, no wins last year, so I say no wins, but she'll get on the podium. Don't we all want to say she'd win? She has everything. She just needs to put it together. Okay, uh, let's go to Henna. Henna, <laughs> what was that? No, you said she has everything, but she does not have the putting. And that's that's the. I, I feel like she does. She just doesn't put it together. She doesn't win. Yeah. No, because I've watched her on the practice green. She hits them fine. Her putting is not her issue. I think it was the, mental. The best practice putter in the world is Nico Castro. You can give that dude any disc in the world and he'll hit 10 out of 10 from 50 feet. But the second that the tournament comes into play, that also has to do with, I, I understand it. It's a huge mental confidence in it, but also Evelina's putting stroke or her previous one. I haven't seen that she's fixed it, but her putting stroke is not a good putting stroke. But to okay. Hannah, my only point was she I feel like she, just like you said, Nico has it. He, but he, if he doesn't put it together, he doesn't win. And that's all yep. I was saying about Chris, yep. Uh, Evelina. Yep, I got gotcha. you. Uh, Hannah, yes, podium, no win. But I okay. lean more towards her. Like, if I'm to elaborate a little bit, I think she gets a win before uh, Evelina does. Yeah. Hard part here is: Are we speculating on? If we think like it will happen, like we're actually placing bets right now, or are we saying oh, it could happen? Because the hard part is if we're Definitely. actually placing bets. Yeah. If we're actually placing bets, I feel like it's a no-no for Hannah. But I don't know, Ben. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Well, sorry, only two podiums last year. Like I just like if you're playing the numbers, that is a long shot. Yeah. Um, 
Hannah, she's a great form. She's sick. I believe in her. Yes, yes. It's about believing or how much money would you bet on that? I'd bet 20 bucks. <laughs> Is that how high would you bet for anything? 20 bucks. I'm not a gambler. I'm not okay. a gambler at all. Okay. I guess my point is, Ben, and it's fair that you always give that take, but you're like, I wish her the best. And I'm like, then I wish everybody the best. Podiums and wins. I, that's do you the thing. actually I think? Be I believe Like, in would the you actually do a $20 bet with me right now? For Hannah to win. Yeah. Yes. Okay, let's do it. It's recorded. Timestamp. This one. People will actually have to come back and remind us of this when it happens. And they will love to remind me when Hannah wins. And here's the thing. <laughs> I actually wish the best for her. Like, I do hope she wins, but the bet, I think, is smarter on my side. Anyways, well, the, here we go. Holland Handley. Yeah, Nick. She's going to win something. I think Holland Handley is going to have an absolute breakout season. So, yes and yes. I have a yes podium, no win. Ben. Yeah. Yes, yes. I mean, she proves she can win uh, in a stressful environment. Yes, yes. Okay, riddle me this really quick. Sorry to cut you off, Josh. Throw pink is not... An elite series event hasn't been in the past. Obviously, that was Holland's big win last year. Does that count as an event that we're saying yes? That counts towards it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Any event, right. right? Even still, like, well, I mean, no, no, no. I should have been clear, very clear, like Evan would I have mean, been. We're all elite we're talking, series and majors now. Yeah, yeah, we're talking elite and major. Not. Like sil I'm not even talking silvers. Yeah, silvers. I'm not even thing. talking silvers. Exactly, yeah. elite series and above. But I just wanted to make sure because throw pink yes, is. Such I would a, count that. Uh, Okay. All right. Cool. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I'm uh, way more confident in her than, than some of the other FPO players we mentioned. So yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Ella Hansen, Nick. Well, that's a tougher one. Uh, I'm going to say no, no. Hmm. I got a podium. No win. Ben. I picked Ella probably one of the most last year to win. So I'm going to do that again. Yes. Yes. She's going to do it. Josh, uh, I'm going to say no, no, unfortunately. Okay. And last one for FPO here, uh, Valerie Mandahano, Nick. She always squeaks that one win. So All I right. want to say yes, yes. She always squeaks that one win in there somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I've got a yes podium, no win, which begs the question, who's going to win all these events? It's going to be other <laughs> yeah. people. Like, yeah, no. Cat merch, I don't know. But anyway, yes, Sam, what you got? Uh, I don't know. This one's probably the toughest out of all of them, but I'm going to go yes, yes. She's going to squeak one out, like Nick said. She always does. All right, Josh. Yeah, uh, boy, uh, yes. I'm going to say yes, yes, and with a stretch on the win. No question podium. Last year was a weird year. I liked your hard answer, Nick, but her. I liked your answer. I was like, "Well, who's gonna win?" You're like Kristen Tatar. I'm she like, is. pretty much. <laughs> I guess. Is. I guess that's where I'm banking it all because yeah. I was last year. I was like, "Ah, somebody else," yeah. and she just kept winning. So now I say no to everybody. Yeah. Okay, last last run here on the MPO as we get ready to close this out. Calvin Heimberg, Nick. <laughs> that's easy. I'm not like Matt Graham. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, I got a yes, yes on that, uh, Ben. Yes, yes. Pretty clear. Same. Same. No question. Yeah, it'd be hard to bet against that. Paul Macbeth, yeah. Nick. Yes, yes. I have a yes, yes as well. It's fun. We can't elaborate now, but go ahead, Ben. Yes, yes. The GOAT. Yeah, I'm going to say yes for the same reasons. That win is becoming harder and harder for him, though. It is.
the shoulder rehab and this new kid, all this stuff. We saw it do wonders for Simon. The, the arm rehab with the, the kid, kid did is going to make him win. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's see. Isaac Robbins and Nick. Yes, yes. I have a yes podium. No win. Ben. That's wild talking about the world champion yeah. like yeah, that. Yeah, that is wild. Wow. I'm God. saying. Uh, Greg Barsby won a world champion. Greg, Greg Barsby won a world champion. Yeah. Comparing We're also in a new know. time of this. James Conrad. James Conrad won a world Ooh, championship. Now that's also, a good, but also good won compares. multiple elite series events. You know, James Conrad's no slouch. I'm but... going I'm going yes, yes, just purely based on he's the most buttery disc or disc golfer in the world. I'm probably making a mistake like Josh did on League Night two years ago when he's oh, like, We won't on. even memorize <laughs> it. I'm gonna redeem it right now. Oh, you on. will, but I just I just <laughs> just to be clear. Isaac Robinson is undefeated in 2024. He hasn't lost a tournament yet. So that's a good point. There you go. See? That's a good point. So that's already a yes. Well, no, nope, we're not, talking about the kind of events we talked about, but yeah. still. Okay. Okay. That's that's fun. That's okay. We need to fire up people anyways with my takes. Uh Gannon Burr. Uh Nick. See, this is where it gets tough because so many of these players all won Elite Series events last year. And so you'd like to say yes to yes to all of these, but same thing, like, okay, who's going to lose an event? But to Burr, yeah. yes podium, yes with a win. Okay. I have a yes and a yes as well, Ben. Yes, yes. He's he's too nice. Yeah. Yes, yes. Okay. Uh, three more here. Niklas Antilla. Nick. <laughs> yes podium, no win. I have the same. I, could I go so far as to say no podium? I don't know. Is anybody here bold yeah. enough? Ben. No, I'm saying I'm saying yes, yes, because um, some of these Whoa. European events are included. Yeah. Good, uh, point. good, good take. Good I'm going. Take. I'm going yes, there. yes, just because I'm a huge fan and I think he has has what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it cracks me up. It just cracks me up. He's like, I do it because I'm a good fan. Uh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a fan of the it's sport, fair. and I believe it's him. Fair. Uh, big belief. It's fair. Niklas. Okay, here we go. Two more. Eagle McMahon, Nick. Yes, podium. No win. Oh, there's your no win. I have yes and yes, which would be awesome, Ben. Yes, yes. And I, I, yeah, I could... I would guarantee he wins this season. You want to place twenty bucks on it? <laughs> Deal, twenty bucks. All right, I'm forty in the whole. I'm not a gambler. Oh my goodness, what do you guys made I me? Keep, yeah, I'm keeping notes on all this too. Okay, I so yes, yes. Eagle and Henna. I guarantee Eagle's gonna win this year. <laughs> we just start betting like that's our show now. We got five guys going back. Was that, bet, was that bet with Nick? Yeah, the first bet. That was Hannah Nick shaking was hands with Ben. Yeah. Well, yeah. barring he's fine with, with his shoulders and, and actually gets to play, but oh, it, oh, yep. Now, no, now no, we already shook, baby. Twenty twenty four season. That man has to get a win for you to make twenty bucks. Okay, deal. I, I, I believe <laughs> Ben's gonna be rolling in the money with this expose he runs, so he'll be fine. Okay, <laughs> what do you last think, one. I wish. Oh yeah, did you give us eagle? Yeah, I said yes, yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Easy, huh? And then Simon Lazat, Nick. Ooh. Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. The first yes is so easy. Yeah. Yes, he's gonna get one of them. There's courses out there meant for him. Ben. So 
he's having a kid in like May, and we know what happened last time he had a kid. So four wins, yes, all the way. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were just saying he's gonna get I'll four put a hundred bucks this on year. four yeah. wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm not that though. No, all right. <laughs> I literally, I don't. I would be fifty-fifty on a win, yes, yes. and so I'm gonna say no, no wins, but yes, podium. It's just hard to win. It's hard to win on the tour. It is. And that's what I was going to say. If everyone went wins on all these players, I was going to be like, guys, that is the biggest yeah. bet of your life. Like somebody's losing. So, okay. In wrapping this up, I think you I guys yes, might have talked about it when I wasn't here. But Lisa Fakus open bag with OTB East. Uh, DGA adds to their team, Parker Welk. Um, Eliezer Midling, which I saw her in person at USDGC. Fantastic uh, opportunity. Sky's the limit. Evan uh, Scott. Sullivan, Tipton, and Macy, all the DGA on that one. And then um, the Doug Bjerkus gets Brixton's one of one, thanks to a listener. Did you guys bring yeah, that we up? Did. We not. did. Yeah, we casually okay, brought cool. that up. Yeah. Shout and then the finally, listeners. in closing out the show, uh, Disc Golf 978 update. Shout out to them again. I heard you talk about it, Nick. We, we love 978. Use that code. Um, and then the update is that. Last show, they raised $477 for charity of Eagles Choice, which Jeez, was Uplay. Awesome. And that's still that's still on the way up because it's a, I said a week of their lost and found getting sold in store. It's actually a month of that. So it's going to keep building. Wow, um, plus, they sold out all of those. They sold out all of those discs last week for Eagle, like right away during our show. Boom. Yeah. So really cool. We'll, we'll let you know the final number when the donation happens. But awesome. Disc Golf 978, I just want to say it sincerely. This is the kind of group they are. They're business, but they're involved so much in giving back to the sport and doing it in a cool way like that. So they're also all about being healthy. So go check out their Nutra Shop page as well. Uh, it's a part of Disc Golf 978. I think it's just called Nutra Shop. Go check it out if you're looking. And I'm sure they could also help you out if you're looking to be a healthier person, maybe start working out and stuff like that. So go check them out as well. But yeah, we, we love 978. All right. And then we are going to do a live show on Sunday at the Northeast Disc Golf Expo in a room that is designed for people to sit back and relax. And, and my goal is to line up as many of these guest appearance, like guest appearances that are at the expo for the Sunday if they're there. Um, we already know Paul McBeth's going to be there. Simon's going to be there. They, I, I don't know if it's public or not, but I saw somebody from Innova because I'm in one of these Innova groups. So all I can say is, there's going to be people at the expo. We're going to try to line them up for our live show. If you want to see what a live show's like, show up to the live show experience and and be a part of it. Um, go ahead, Nick, close it out, and we'll say goodbye till next week and see everybody at the expo. Everybody, yeah. this was episode. Do we have the piano music still? Oh yeah, it is there if he wants to play it. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in to Staggered Stance, episode 174, presented by Disc Golf 978. Go check them out online. Uh, we love them. They love us. We appreciate every single one of you. Shout out to all the new subscribers over the last few weeks. This has been an awesome new opportunity in the 2024 season. Check us out on all your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe on the video. Shout out to all the chat tonight. You guys were popping. Very exciting things happening in the 2024 season. Tell someone you love them this week. We'll catch you in the next one. Yeah, and I just want to give this last shout out. My buddy, my double partner in Team Challenge broke his ankle today. No. And I just want to give him all the love in the world. Dude, it's a rehab process. Look at Paige Pierce. It took a little while. She's going to be back at the top. You can do it, dude. 
I feel so horrible to hear that just now, but you got this, man. All right. Till next week, everybody. Nick, you're awesome. Ben, you're awesome. Josh, you're awesome. Evan, you're awesome. Peace out, everybody. See you around.